what is up people and thank you so much for listening in this episode of the new generation sports talk podcast i am your host ej stewart and we're back this week recapping the nba draft if you watched listened to us last week we did a full nba draft preview and uh now this week we come back after the draft uh to give you guys our thoughts and our analysis on what went down last thursday if you guys follow on YouTube or you follow us here on the show, obviously the draft, I would say, is probably one of our major expertise areas. So I'm excited to talk about what happened. Um, I, it wasn't as Kendall a and it wasn't as much excitement in terms of a lot of trades and things like that happening. But I do think that there were some big moments and big uh, dramatic situations throughout the draft that I thought, especially during the lottery, that made it a fun draft to watch. And of course, Kendall joins me here as well. What would you make of this year's uh, draft? Well, it's a very, very deep draft, EJ. So I think a lot of teams, a lot of fan bases came away very uh, very excited about um, the player that they uh, acquired. There are some fan bases that certainly came away disappointed because it is a deep draft, and there were guys that these respective franchises passed on that maybe these fan bases were upset about, you know. I know there are a lot of Sacramento fans that are upset, a lot of Atlanta fans that are upset, um, a lot of Memphis Grizzlies fans that are upset, uh, a lot of Chicago Bulls fans are upset, so a lot of franchises are upset about maybe passing on certain or players. franchise fans, the organizations. Yeah, exactly. A lot of fan bases that are, that are uh, um, upset about what the players, some of the players they passed on. But at the same time, there are also plenty of fan bases that are very excited about the players they got. You know, New York is very excited, as um, you would know, EJ. Um, obviously, Phoenix is very excited. Dallas is very excited. Atlanta is excited. Well, half of Atlanta is excited. There's half that's still crying over the trade that they made. But um, there's certainly a lot of uh, a lot of emotions uh, whirling around the NBA uh, world this week. Yeah, absolutely. And before I do that, I do think on our show it's important for me to do housekeeping uh, announcements for things that are happening amongst any of us, whether me, you, or Shamar, if you guys listen to Imperial or Hero Talk. You guys should know that I have started uh, writing uh, for the Hub.News, which is a brand new um uh, startup website. We are a news website. We, uh, we, we focus on news and content and commentary on what we call the global majority or what people of color. And I, I just started doing some sports writing for them. You can catch all my work on the website. Again, that's the hub.news. Shout out to Karen Hunter from Sirius XM Radio. She, uh, the Urban View channel, she runs the website. And uh, it's really great. Go check it out. There's a lot of really good content. And you'll be seeing a lot of my work. My work's already on there. So that's a little housekeeping plug note that I felt we need to get out of the way before continuing the rest of the show. But again, check that out, thehub.news. So let's continue this show talking about the NBA draft, Kendall. And I wanna I wanna ask you what your biggest takeaway was uh from the from last week. Uh interesting. My biggest takeaway uh that there was obviously a, a run on big men that we knew was going to happen from day one. Uh, coming into this college basketball season, we knew, all right, there's going to be plenty of big men that are going to be drafted in the top ten. We got five of them, uh, which is very strange considering the way the NBA is going, that the f- top, first two picks were big men. Mm-hmm. Five of the five of them went in the top ten. 
and really I think only two of them are guys that I say are perfect fits in the modern NBA like they work out and that's where I'm that's where I'm struggling to understand that uh, concept because I mean I look at Mo Bamba and Jaron Jackson I'm like these guys are 100% of the players that they're supposed to be or that we're hoping that they would be uh, those guys are perfect fits but I feel like DeAndre Aiden, Marvin Bagley, Wendell Carter all great talents all guys that they deserved in theory to be drafted where they were drafted except for maybe Aiden who I'm not as high on but all guys in theory maybe deserve to talent wise deserve to be drafted where they were drafted but I, the only thing I worry about is the fit in the modern NBA with all three of them. Uh, but the talent will weigh itself out, and the guy that can play will be able to play. So, I mean, the big men were obviously a very interesting storyline to follow. Uh, and obviously, I think the Michael Porter thing was uh, was also very... I mean, I guess it shouldn't be surprising since a couple weeks ago, Woj, uh, they had a mock draft on ESPN with Woj and Mike Schmitz. And he had him going 15 to Washington. And people were like, <laughs> what? Yeah. No way this guy's falling to 15. Well, as he's shown, he clearly yeah. knows way more about, yeah, exactly. about the situation that's happening. He, he probably, else. you know, he was doing that mock draft. He was like, you know, the Wizards are, are, are have zeroed in on Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> um, tell you what, we want to talk about the winners of the draft. We'll talk to him in a second. Woj was definitely a winner for his uh, clownery of oh, yeah. the NBA. That guy, he was. His Twitter account. They told him to stop. Revealing or, picks, no spoilers. Yeah, and instead he was like, you know, he used every synonym for select. You know, yeah, exactly. You know, the Knicks are targeting <laughs> Kevin Knox with this pick. <laughs> it's just crazy. The, the funniest one was, uh, or one of the funniest ones was when the the well, I thought the funniest one was when the 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 Trailblazers drafted Anthony Simons. He's like, the Portland is lasered in on Anthony Simons. Like, what <laughs> they had for the Celtics? He said that the Celtics are tantalized by Robert Williams. Now, now Celtics fans are calling Robert Williams the tantalizer. <laughs> so it, it's it, it's funny, but but yeah, I mean the whole Michael Porter thing was was incredible to see that guy from where he was last year fall. And then, obviously, I think the thing people will be talking about for years to come, for better or for worse, is the, the Luka Doncic, uh, Trey Young trade that we had from three to five. Uh, both those franchises um, got players that they really, really wanted. So we'll see how that pans out. But those were my biggest takeaways before we dive a little deeper. Yeah, I would I would say uh, you gave me a bunch of takeaways, but um, but I would say the last two I would I will, I will hone in on my my part here. Like I think that. For one, the Michael Porter fall was, if you followed college basketball, if you followed the high school scene, you know the caliber player Michael Porter was coming into his freshman season. To see that caliber player fall to 14, it was just astonishing. It's not shocking because of we know the there is some injury. There is obviously, obviously an injury history. And there are obvious injuries, injury concerns regarding his back. He had surgery last year, played only uh, two games after the surgery, played miserably in both of those games, and did not look like the player that we saw in high school. And had to cancel a workout because of a hip and injury and some back spasms he was dealing with. So there's a lot of questions about Michael Porter's health. There's a, probably this medical that's out there that scared off a bunch of teams Apparently, his agent, Mark Berlstein, Berlstein, sorry, uh, he, he tried to then give them a new report that was supposed to maybe ease tensions. That clearly was not the case. That clearly did not work because he still free-falled from what looked like a guy who was being talked about 
I believe by the Kings at number two. I know that they would have probably traded back, but the the Kings had the number two pick, and they were talking about Michael Porter. Yeah, dysfunction in Sacramento. Yeah, that all that thirteen or other teams were like, "Nah, we're not gonna do this." The Kings at number two were like, "Oh no, we gotta get Bagley or Porter." Yeah, seriously, consider this. You know, (laughs) so I mean, there there was an obvious situation happening for a guy who could have gone very high in this draft and then free fall to all the way to the end of the lottery, number fourteen. To um, to the Nuggets, and to me, when I look at that Nuggets team now, it's so weird because if Porter doesn't work out, you let a pick on fire. If he if if he can't play or he can't get on the court, or there's some issue with him, uh, medical wise, where he can't produce. But if he does produce, and you consider the team that they have in place, they just signed uh, Nikola Jokic to a five year mini max offer. Uh, before he gets to his official big max he can get after this uh, contract extension. He signed him to a max offer. They signed, They already have Gary Harris, who they signed long-term. They have uh, Jamal Murray, who's an exciting young player. Millsap. Millsap signed last offseason. When you look at this team, and then you look at the talent of Michael Porter, I said it during draft night, and I'm not going to hedge my bets. Some of you may think this is crazy. If Michael Porter becomes a player that we all thought he would be when he was in high school, this is the start of a super team, and I, and I don't think that that's hyperbole. I don't think that that's crazy. Nikola Jokic is one of the top 15 to 20 players in the league. Uh, Harris and Murray have shown they got all-star caliber ability. You already got three guys. You already got three guys who might be all-stars, and Millsap has been an all-star. And now you add Michael Porter, the Denver Nuggets, maybe not next year, but in a year from now, could be a major factor in terms of who comes Philly, out of the West. Philly West. It could be, yes, it could absolutely be Philadelphia West. That's a big if because we don't know what the situation Mike Porter is if he could ever become the player that he was. But remember, we were saying the same thing about Joel Embiid. That's very true. Remember, we said, look, if Embiid is, is, is the guy he's supposed to be, the Philly's Sixers, be dangerous. Yeah, the Sixers have a franchise caliber player. And, and then they had Simmons also, and he was also hurt. But the question was, well, if they man, if all these guys are healthy, man, Philly's gonna be dangerous. Mm-hmm. And now they're all healthy, and Philly's certainly dangerous. If this could be the question, this could be the same deal with with Denver. My question to you, EJ, is: Did Michael Porter cost himself by playing those two games at Missouri? Because at the time, you were very much in the camp of this is a great idea for him to play. Because he had nothing That's to lose. That's a good point. <laughs> Kendall came with the receipts today. Yeah, I, <laughs> I remember that. That was my... Yeah. That was my I remember uh, at the time, I was like, yeah, you made a good point. I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, he does have nothing to lose. Right. If he looked bad, well, it's only two games, and right. you can blame it on... I, I'll be honest. 100%. So here's what I'll say. Now that I'm trying to remember my, my take, and you're kind of reminding me. I would say that I was wrong. Um, I would say that, no, I don't think he should have played in hindsight. Because I think that... I feel like if he didn't play, we didn't we didn't see him in an NBA in in, in basketball in activities look miserable. He goes. I think I think he does. I think there's this even with the bad medical. I think there's this thing of we, if well, he looks how like bad this, would he really be? Yeah. The fact that we actually got a vision of what that player looks like, yeah, that like injured player, an average division one. Yeah, I mean player. that's scary, and I think that that scared some teams. I think it had to. Yeah. So I, I would go on and say. And I'm not afraid to be someone that was wrong or something. I would say I, I was wrong. If I having seen it all happen, I didn't think he would come out and play as poorly as he did. I would say no, you can't go out there if you're not anywhere near 100. percent And you know, 
then you can't do it because if you play poorly now, this is this is this is the vision. I mean, to me, when I watched him put those highlights up on ESPN during the, the draft, I mean, he looks awful. Oh yeah, the highlights they put up of him, he looks I mean, slow. Right. There's a a wide open layup he has. That Michael Porter last year Dunk does a windmill, yeah. and he like barely gets off the ground to do a layup. Like it's it, like when you know how good a player he is, it's sad to see. And these are his highlights. They're not showing the times when he couldn't get by people when he's getting bullied around the basket. Yeah. They weren't showing the bad plays. They were showing the highlights, and it still looks sad. So I I do think that vision did hurt him. So because people actually had a they actually could put to the eye what does a Michael Porter who can't get over this hump look like? They saw it in those two games in the tournament in the SEC tournament. Yes. And that stuff that almost confirmed what they saw in the medical. Exactly. Like they can't say, oh, well, the medical says this, but, you know, we know that if he gets healthy, he'll look like this. Um, and Harry Giles, the obvious uh, comparison, because we saw Harry Giles a whole year at Duke look bad. Exactly. Um, that was, I think I might have mentioned that at the time, but it seemed like, you know, the difference was Harry Giles played a whole year. And you would think, oh, well, after two games, teams won't overreact and say even if he does look bad, but clearly they did. <laughs> clearly they were like, nah. But, um... No, yeah, I think Denver, they, they, I would say they lucked out. Well, I think they certainly lucked, well, we'll have to see if they lucked out. But in terms of, I don't think they expected Michael Porter to be there. Certainly didn't expect that two weeks ago. They probably didn't expect it draft night, uh, at least going into the draft, draft day. Um, so to be able to come out with Michael Porter, uh, it sounds like they would have went with Zaire Smith had he not been there. And I think I'd feel better about Michael Porter Jr., yeah, oh yeah. Um, then Zaire Smith. Um, speaking of Zaire Smith, the Philly made a very uh, awkward trade when they traded Mikael Bridges, uh, whose mom works in the organization and was on ESPN saying go Sixers after he was drafted by Philly to Phoenix for Zaire Smith and the 2021 Miami Heat unprotected pick. I saw on uh, the ringer that they said, uh, I forgot who the ringer where it was, so forgive me, but he said something like, uh, <laughs> Bridges' mom may file a HR complaint against uh, Brett Brown after what happened on draft yeah, night. Exactly. Uh, so, so I'm wondering, was this? You know, there there's been a lot of talk about this trade because obviously it's again very awkward. But was this a secretly savvy move by uh, new GM Brett Brown? So it, that's a great question, Kendall. I mean. And I actually a shout out to Andrew Porter, uh, ninety four WIP in uh, CBS Philly, uh, who I worked with and and wrote for, and he he's still there now. And I a little mini Twitter exchange because there was a, that's been the question that there was a lot of emotion on draft night. I think on draft night Philly fans were up in arms about what happened. Now I think they're kind of trying to ease into what happened. They're kind of looking at that Miami pick, looking at Zaire Smith, and kind of maybe changing their opinion. And what I told Andrews, what I'll tell you on this show, to me, it, it really all comes down to Zaire Smith. And I know that sounds simple. And Bridges, really for me. Yeah, and Bridges too. Um, I'm not a time for me. I, I think Bridges, I think Bridges is is more of a proven commodity in terms of what I think he is. I feel like here's what I'll say about Bridges. If he isn't at least Corey Brewer, that would shock me. It would too. 
Like, if he, he, he isn't at least a guy in the NBA who could defend and hit yeah, some threes, yeah, exactly. that would completely shock me. Like, if he was just a bum, if I'd be like, like, wow. Out of the league in two years. I'd be like, wow, that guy was a great cosplayer to, like, not, like get any burn in the NBA. Yeah. Could he be a guy who's, like, a fringe rotation guy? Sometimes he's smart of Sometimes he's on the not getting any yeah. run, but then sometimes on a good team, yeah. he could, like, be on the Rockets last year and play a lot of minutes. I could totally see that. So, like, that like that seems to me... You know what you're going to get from him. Right. Like, so, least. my thing is, if he's at least that, at least I know what that is. It's and not he, a terrible pick at 10. No, if at 10 a, in the NBA draft, you can get... The bums you can get at number 10, yeah. that's not an awful pick. But, so that's why I say it's more about Zaire Smith. Because I think Zaire Smith, to me, is a guy where I think he's a project. So, when you're drafting a player like that, that means that you're taking a guy who, to me, is at a very low, very low floor in terms of where his NBA readiness is right now. So really it's up to Zaire and the Sixers in terms of how they develop him. If he can continue to develop his offensive game, show the perimeter game, uh, be more than just an athlete, I mean, who knows how good he can be because his athleticism is world-class. But his game right now, to me, just isn't. I don't, you know, I see a guy who's who's got an extremely slow release, um, I don't see how his, he gets that shot off in the NBA. I, I don't know how. With as a, a shooting guard, you know, where he's playing against some of the most athletic, quickest guys in the NBA. I know he's an athletic, quick guy, but his jump shot is not quick. So how does he get that shot off? And if he if he even can get that shot off, what is that shot like against much better defense, much more active uh, active closeouts, things like that? And to me, his pull, his his spot up jump shot, is probably the best part of his offensive game. His handle is shaky. He doesn't have really any one on one game. And maybe besides, maybe the second part would be he does move well about the ball. He 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 can run the floor. He can find those avenues, get those alley oops, get those cuts to the basket where he can do those spectacular dunks. But uh, a slow release jump shot and. And and, and and good ball movement, a good player movement, that doesn't turn you into a very good NBA player. Now, that can get you in the all NBA. All those things that you mentioned. But so to me, like, like if he if he doesn't grow beyond that, then this is a terrible trade. I don't care that he got the first-round pick. They passed up on a guy who I think could play for them next year. To be year. fair, we have to see what they get with that first-round pick. Yeah, because true. we can't look at – because that, that, that's the mindset that screwed the Brooklyn Nets over in saying, you know – well, we know that Gerald Wallace, we know that KG, Paul Pierce, and James Terry are better than Gerald Wallace. And Chris Humphreys. You know, Keith Bogans and Chris Humphreys and Marshawn Brooks. But, you know, those unnamed draft picks ended up becoming Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So, to be, I'll be fair to them in that regard. But before I get to that, when I look at Smith, I could see Philly saying to themselves, yes, he can't dribble. Yes, he has a slow release. He has no feel for the game. All that stuff is absolutely true. <laughs> but if if there's any team that I can see him maybe fitting with, is it a team where you already have two point guards and Fultz and, and Ben Simmons that are extremely mm-hmm. ball-dominant that like to pass the ball because they can't shoot, will he be a good fit for them? Because on the fast break, like you said, he's very good at filling the lanes. Um, he's obviously, in, like you said, a world-class athlete. And you would hope that, again, if you can quicken up his release, he can be a spot-up shooter. If he does those things, can Zaire Smith be a good fit? Just rebound, do the dirty work stuff, play defense. And now the problem with Zaire Smith to me is that he's 6'4". 
That's the problem. If you told me he was six six, I could sell me. You can sell me on this guy is, you know. They, I mean, Brett Brown said he's Kawhi. They thought he he had, he had some Kawhi Leonard tendencies. Kawhi Leonard's like six seven, <laughs> you know, extremely long arms and huge hands. Very strong. Very strong. <laughs> yeah. This guy's got three. I mean, a six four Kawhi Leonard. I don't know if that's an all star player. That's a role player, and that's maybe that's maybe what you drafted the six four Kawhi Leonard. So. That's where I, that's the problem I have with Zaire Smith. Um, so I, I think that the, the the trade for me, I think less about Zaire Smith. I look at that twenty twenty one Miami pick, and I think that might be a, a hidden gem because I don't think I don't see the Heat getting a lot better in the next two years. The um, Heat are interested to me. That pick could be. I don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, they might sign the next LeBron, right? Because Miami. Because at the end of the day, <laughs> South ra- South Beach is South Beach. Yeah. And, Pat, and Pat Riley is Pat Riley, and if he's still there, the that's the other question. True, too. He's getting that's, up there. It's very true, but uh, if under something that he he's might not have get to get to twenty twenty one, he could he's gonna be there this year. Yeah, he might get somebody. He next may year. get. I'm assuming he'll be there in twenty twenty. So that's already two years where yeah. I think Pat Riley will be in the fold. Uh, that's there's gonna be plenty of guys that are gonna be available as free agents. And 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 Pat Riley already kind of made it known in his book that you know he felt like LeBron screwed him because he didn't see the bigger picture that while yes our team is old and slow now we were recruiting other guys we we're gonna get a bunch of other great players to pair with him so so Pat Riley has a vision which I don't know if that was true by the way like that that he would have got that done yeah uh, we haven't we uh, didn't no, see guys LeBron, if LeBron was there he would have got. We didn't see guys clamoring. To, I mean, Cleveland's obviously a different deal, but we we I don't know if there's anybody that were like LeBron was recruiting to go to Cleveland. Now he had Kyrie and Love, so he didn't have to. But Miami's different than Cleveland. You can't compare Miami and Cleveland. It is, but like I mean, LeBron can't even. LeBron can't even. Like LeBron mentions the word Cleveland, and the other player hangs up on him. Like no one's like no think, one's listening to LeBron's conversation after he mentions. Right. Cleveland. So you think like Chris Paul probably wouldn't went there is what you're saying. Somebody, I'm trying to yeah, get what free agent in there. the last like three, four years would have said, you know, I'm gonna play with LeBron in Miami. I think Chris Paul could have went there for sure. I, that I think, seems like the guy. I think Chris Paul would have definitely been a Heat, a member of the Heat by now. That makes um, sense. Because I think Kevin Durant might have been a member of the Heat. I think you might have seen Durant and LeBron. I mean, I mean which. That would have messed up the league in a way. I'm I'm scared to see what that would look like. Pat Riley's probably thinking about that every every. Yeah, I I think that's why he's so. I think that's why he was so crazy. We would have been the Warriors. Yeah, I think that's why he was so crazy. I think that Durant would have signed on. Um, I I I think that the Heat could have been. They still would have had D Wade. He just would have been on a cheaper deal. Right. I mean, the Heat could have been. That could have been a crazy situation. And yeah. he would have got those eight championships that he was talking about. Yeah, so that's why the 2021 pick is but, like is so out of there. Because while card. that's true, they're also a weird team where, yes, I can also see them not a, a, being a very yeah. bad team in yeah, two or exactly. three years. And the other wild card about the 2021 pick that we've talked about on the show, I believe, is that 2021 is supposed to be the year that they're starting to let high school guys come in. So that'll be the year that you have a one-and-done class with sprinkled in the top high school players mm. in the country. That that's going to end up being a... That's going to be a special year in terms yeah, of... When, when Bronny enters the draft that year, <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly. know what... Don't yeah, know. that would be like 2023 or something Okay, like I didn't that. know if that was the year. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine, was, by then, he'll probably reclass or something. He'll find a way He's already dunking. But, um, but no, so that, that'll be very interesting because now we're talking about an even deeper class in 2021. That may be something... I believe Brett Brown even said that in his press conference. That's something that they're... 
that they looked into it was like, look, this draft class might be crazy. I think they're doing it for Kawhi Leonard ammo. That's my guess, is that you pick up another asset. If Philly, I mean, if San Antonio says they're not trading to the West, Philly's going to have the most assets. Right besides Boston, but fair. I don't think Boston's giving up the farm for Kawhi. It's a good point about the filling the assets. And then also, it's minimal, but you do also, there is a little bit of a money difference yeah, a money gap. between 10 and 15. So. In terms of free agent Save money, cap space. this saves them probably a million, that's two why, million dollars. That's why I say space, this may could, be a, make, could be the difference. This may be a, this may have been a savvy move. This feels like a Danny Ainge type of deal, where like we screw Ainge over or we clown him for trading the seemingly better player, and they yeah. get all this other stuff. That we're like, oh wow. Had Philly drafted Lonnie Walker, I think I would have loved this trade. I think it's the player, like because right. all the things about the Miami pick and the money and things like that, all of that stuff makes a lot of sense. I think it's. The guy they chose that I look at, I'm like, I don't know how anyone drafts Lo- Zaire Smith over Lonnie Walker. I'm sorry. Having seen both those guys play, I don't know how anyone could look at me I and agree. tell me that Lonnie Walker is not a better basketball player. I, no, That's I crazy to me. You know, a lot of guys I've seen play since high school, like Lonnie Walker, I, I've never, I mean, Zaire Smith came out of nowhere. So I can't tell you I've seen Zaire Smith since he was in high school. But what I will say is Zaire Smith was like a two-star, three-star guy. And Lonnie Walker was all world coming out of high school. There's no way of a year. I mean, I mean, we've seen guys. And Russell I watched him play in college. And yeah. Lonnie Walker was better than him in college. Yeah, exactly. And so that's why it's strange. But I guess Zaire Smith's such a blank canvas that, like, if you say, look, this guy's got all the athleticism to be um, amazing. He just needs to work on his skills. And maybe his workouts prove that, look, he's, he claims that he's working on his handle, he's working on his jump shot, that kind of stuff. If they feel like, look, this guy works on his stuff, he could be Russell Westbrook 2.0. Or he could be DeMar DeRozan 2.0. Because DeMar DeRozan kind of similar coming out. Obviously, again, DeMar DeRozan 6'7". This yeah. guy's 6'4", which I can't get over. I don't know how you can be a 6'4", power forward, stretch forward. <laughs> it, it is a testament to his athleticism. Yeah, that's why. It's because he's so athletic that you can't tell. There's no that. other guy could do that. He looks like he's 6'5", 6'6", because of the way he jumps. But, um, but no, nah. nah, that trade will be... Uh, That'll be something that we talk about uh, also going forward. But, um, again, I thought that, that Doncic trade, I'm trade, what the move. Yeah, I mean, to me, that, that trade, whew, that, I mean, to me, those are two of the three biggest names in this draft. Um, yes. That, those two guys and then Aiton. Yeah. So, the fact that they got traded for each other and the fact that their careers will now be linked is <laughs> kind of cool from a basketball fan it's also, standpoint. It's also cool from a new generation standpoint. You should check out our video. I know. <laughs> we did a whole video comparing these guys. <laughs> About, uh, like six, eight and months ago. I right? mean, I don't know. I haven't looked at the views on that, but I would bet you that in the last gone up. Week, I think I checked it. I mean, I couldn't tell because I haven't, I don't follow We crossed 11,000 recently. Yeah. Um, I, I bet you in the last week, the amount of, the majority of the views that that video will have will be from Texas and from Georgia. Yeah. I look at the statistics because yeah. uh, I'm sure those teams now will be looking to see well, what the hell did we do. Both teams, both fan bases, because Dallas really went all in on Doncic. And uh, the, the Hawks had what I think a lot of people would consider a bona fide top two or three guy in this draft and traded him. Like, that's a bold move. I don't care yeah. what you're getting back. You got a guy who's without question one of the top two or three guys in that draft. And you trade him for whatever you're trading him for, that's a bold decision when you look at most NBA drafts, and typically there are only about two or three gems. You had the 
the guy who was rated number two by most people fell to three, and you traded him. So for a, a smaller guy, a guy who people have questions about, it's very fascinating to me because I tend to like both of these guys. I think both of them are going to be good NBA players. So then it becomes, okay, both of them I think will be good. So will at, at the end of the day, will Doncic, will Young be able to cancel out Doncic's production enough to where that other first-round pick they got from Dallas is going to be worth it? And I, I don't know. I mean, Doncic has shown to be such a winner um, and, and so advanced at his age when you consider what he's done in Europe. And going to play for Rick Carlisle and learn from Dirk Nowitzki in Dirk's last year of his career about the assimilation from European basketball to the NBA. I, I just feel like this don't just Dallas thing just smells like money. It just smells like this is like, and I, if you guys know, Dallas is my fa- second favorite NBA team. I root for them. This feels like the, uh, the beginning of a new day for the Dallas Mavericks. And I think the fan base, I think that organization feels that. This is a guy who could change the course of their franchise. I think they were just spinning their wheels the last five years. I mean, it was just, since they won that title, they've just been spinning their wheels. <laughs> nothing good's been happening. There's been no forward progress. It's just been nothing. I and feel I'm this happy is for the Dirk. difference. This I'm is the this is the this is this is the new era, and it's exciting for Dallas. But if you're Atlanta, you just pass that up. All right. So what I'll. For for Hawks fans, the ones that are on the ledge, let me talk them down a little bit. Um, obviously, Doncic was my number one guy going into this draft. So that all all that aside, what I will say is the history of teams trading down the draft uh, is very favorable for those teams. Um, look, last year you can look as far as last year, and you'll say the Celtics people were going crazy when the Celtics traded. Marco Fultz uh, for Jason Tatum. I love that video of Nick Wright um, for Fox Sports on on the herd talking about the Celtics. Don't know what they're yeah, doing. You, you just traded the the consensus best player in the draft for what the fifth best player in the draft, Jason Tatum. I'm like, you can't say this stuff before these guys play. But so what I will say is, um, the history is favorable. I mean, look at the Chris Webber Penny Hardaway trade. Nobody. I mean, I'm sure at the time Magic fans were like, what are we doing? But now, you know, in hindsight, that was a very savvy move. Um, so it happens all the time. But, and I always also go back to the O.J. Mayo-Kevin Love trade, another one uh, where Minnesota traded down to get Kevin Love, and we saw what happened. So that does bode well for the Atlanta Hawks. The other thing is I feel like Doncic was not the best fit in Atlanta. Um, doesn't mean that I wouldn't have drafted him, but I just I would have been more worried if I were the Hawks drafting him than if I were any of the other teams in the top four uh, or the top five. Because um, they were just so barren with talent that I feel like he may have been, I won't say exposed, but I think he may have been, that may have just not have been the situation for him to be successful. Mm-hmm. I feel like going to Dallas uh, or if had he gone to even Sacramento, I think they he would have had, one, I think he needs to play with a point guard. I think that's the first thing. And I think playing with Dennis Smith will help. Or playing with De'Aaron Fox, I think would have helped. I don't think playing with Dennis Schroeder would have been uh, ideal. And had they moved on from Schroeder, him being the point guard, I don't think would have been ideal either. Not with no talent around him. Uh, so I think Atlanta wasn't the best fit. Now you bring in Trey Young, and again, I also have to look at their draft as a totality because you draft Trey Young. I don't think that that's 
comparable to Doncic, maybe. But you throw in the fact that they got Kevin Herter with the uh, 19th pick in the draft, um, or the 18th pick, whatever it was, and you also get, um, uh, I want to say they got oh, Amari Spellman, who I'm not super high on, but I can see what they're trying to do in this draft. They're trying getting, to get snipers. You're getting shooters. Yeah. You know, Travis Schlenk, um, who came from Golden State, is trying to do that Splash Brothers 2.0 stuff. Um, doing it seemingly better than Vivek try, ever tried to do, who also came from Golden State. You know, he tried to do his his flash road stuff, bringing Seth Curry, <laughs> like yeah. off brand Steph Curry. Yeah, Seth Curry and, know, and, and Buddy the kid, and the kid from Michigan. Oh yeah, Nick Stauskas. Nick Stauskas is trying that stuff. It just wasn't working. Yeah. But this seems like a, a better try, at least. If you're like, look, we're gonna get the best shooter who, like EJ mentioned, you thought looked like. Um, Clay Thompson. Or, I tell you what, I it, I didn't want to say it because I I loved Clay Thompson coming out of the draft, and I thought Clay Thompson reminded me of Reggie Miller when I watched Clay's tape at Washington State. When I saw the Kevin Herter tape in my preparation, I was like, this guy reminds me of Clay Thompson. The comparison is, it, it, I would be remiss not to mention it. I can't say he's gonna be as good as him, but he plays similar to him. And obviously, I think training is the closest thing we've had to Steph Curry since Steph Curry has come out. So. It's the it's a, it's, a, it's a swing. It might miss. It probably will miss because you know it's very rare you get a Splash Brothers type of thing. But yeah, we only have one Splash Brothers. Yeah, exactly. But is it worth it for Atlanta, who's got absolutely nothing going for them? You have one draft where look, if this hits, we're going to be contender. Maybe not next year, but five years down the line, we'll end up being contenders. If it doesn't, well, we'll be just as bad as we've been the last five years, and we'll have more lottery picks to come. Uh, and we'll, we're adding more picks by doing this trade. I think it was worth it. Because I don't think Doncic, as much as I like Doncic, I don't think he would have fit in Atlanta. And I don't think he would have hit as much as they would have liked. For Dallas, I think this is an extremely savvy trade. I know trading up doesn't always work. But, like you mentioned, DJ, the fit with him and Mark, uh, well, hey, Mark Cuban also, but Rick Carlisle, Dirk Nowitzki, it screams, like you say, it screams money. It screams this is going to be uh, a franchise that we have to look out for. And I think for. when you talk about fit on the court, when you see a player like Dennis Smith, who I think could learn about not maybe not having the ball in his hands as much, um, and he's shown that he has a, a knack for scoring. Yes, he's uh, a little erratic. He, but he is erratic. And having that guy handle the ball 100% of the time for your offense, so far – as we saw last year, wasn't necessarily the most ideal situation for running efficient offense. Well, now with Doncic on the front and on the, in the in the lineup, you can move him off the ball, and now you can do a lot of different That's things with I that like lineup. Fit. I I almost and I remember you said you weren't a big fan of the Fox Doncic fit. Yeah, I didn't like it. At and all. the way I see Dennis Smith, I don't know if Dennis Smith really a quarterback. Like I look, I think Darren Fox is. I think and I think Doncic is a quarterback. And I don't know if those guys would have coexisted. Mm-hmm. It's tough. I mean, Houston tried it, and it worked, obviously. But even Harden, I don't know if he's a quarterback. He's, he's a great scorer who can pass and stuff. Yeah. You have to offense run through him. But I don't think Dennis Smith is necessarily a quarterback. I think Doncic is. He might end up being that, that team's their, their floor general, their uh, initiator on yeah. offense. Look at this to maybe be, and this is a throwback, but... Look at this maybe potentially looking a lot like what we saw Orlando do with Hito Turkoglu and Jameer Nelson. 
Don't tell Mavericks fans that they'll be like. I'm not saying those. Well, the one year those the one year those guys played together and went to the finals. Those guys were excellent. Yeah. For Stan Van Gundy and that Mavericks. Borderline All Star guys. Those guys. Jameer made the All Star game and Holy Hedo almost made it. And Hedo basically played point four and Jameer was just a little scorer. (laughs) At <laughs> the point guard position, yeah, and it, it worked. It, the magic, it just worked well. It was magic, and and now I think this could be a better version of that. I think these guys have higher ceilings than Jameer Nelson, Hedo Turkulu. But even if I'm getting that as a floor, okay, that's a very good start to what I'm getting. I think you might see that kind of success next year. Don't I think know. Dallas. I don't think they won't make the playoffs, but I think that Doncic is the kind of player that. It's not just, okay, you got him, he's a rookie, you're still going to lose 60 games. I I think that for a team that has a little bit of talent, he changes things. I'm telling you, I think this is going to be... Which is why that pick that the the Hawks got, I got a question whether it's worth it. But I'm telling you, Dallas, this was, what, a 20-something win team this year? They're going to win 40 games easy, I think, next year. Doncic is healthy. And we know they're going to make a run at a big free agent. They're looking at the big men. Yeah, I mean, uh, we already see the Clippers are making moves, uh, anticipating that maybe the end of the DeAndre Jordan era. They trade, they traded for Marcin Gortat. He can't go to Dallas after what happened. You don't think he can go to Dallas? (laughs) He can't go to Dallas, man. They 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 burned his jersey. I look money. Look, first of all, Cleveland was burning LeBron jersey. That 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 went away very quickly. That's true. I don't think people were. I don't, I don't. Be honest. I almost. Now, for, what I think. I almost forgot. I forgot what you were talking about until yeah. I. I quickly hit it. Oh yeah, I forgot he did. Now, they almost what, got what could happen? But we got Capella and Cousins as well. Maybe he agents. goes. Maybe he goes to Houston, where he wants to go, play with his boy CP and Harden and then Capella. That, that opens up goes. a Capella spot. And I, if I'm Capella, Phoenix isn't an option anymore because they got Aiden. Exactly. Maybe you go after. Uh, maybe you go to Dallas. I now, think Dallas is a playoff team. And yeah, if you yeah, if you got if you're starting a lot next year is 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 Dennis, Dennis Smith, Smith Doncic, Harrison Barnes, Dirk, and and Capella, the Mavs are in the playoffs next year, yeah. and that's as well, as someone who watched bunch. like two three games, I couldn't stomach much more yeah. than the Mavericks. That would be astonishing yeah. after watching yeah. what I saw from them last year. Yeah, but Doncic and Capella, or Doncic and Cousins, like that type of combination, yeah. would change life for them. Oh yeah. Um... I, I'm I'm very fascinated to see what this Dallas team does. You know, I feel like they've got they've got pieces to be successful. Um and I think again, he seemed like one of those guys that was going to be worth about ten to about five to ten wins. And it'll be important to see what they do in free agency because free agency is obviously a big deal. And Dallas is one of the few teams in this league right now that has cap space. You know, it might be, I mean, I've heard them, they're also very much connected to some of these restricted free agents. You know, Marcus Smart's a guy that I've heard they've, that they're going to be looking at. He's a Texas guy. Another Texas guy from Dallas is Julius Randle, who I've heard they're going to be looking at. So there are going to be plenty of guys that Dallas is going to go after. Um, but, I mean, these are two guys that are going to be so linked Going forward, I just hope that Doncic is so successful next year that we, I, I this this seems like this smells like Trey Young's gonna be like linked to this for the rest of his career. Like man, you were the guy that got traded for <laughs> Luka Doncic, and I this is I, I'm worried. But this is a great thing about basketball. Though. At the end of the day, these guys gotta just play. Yeah. You know, don't Young. We that's the we that's the feeling that some Fultz people are having. Marco right. for all year was. 
man, we traded Jason Tatum for you. <laughs> you know, what? You can't even get on the floor. Yeah, you can't even play. With a fake injury. Yeah, I know. And Drew Hanlon, you saw Drew Hanlon this week, confirmed everything I've been saying. All, all, all these Sixers fans, people wanted to, you know, be like, oh, he had a shoulder injury. And I kept saying, oh, 100% mental. He's got the yips. And Drew Hanlon said this week, oh, yeah, he had the yips. He forgot how to shoot. We were trying to teach him how to shoot again. That's exactly what I was saying. And he finally, I'm glad that uh, <laughs> someone finally decided to stop the act, you know, and and obviously Brian Colangelo's fake burner account, you know, Eric Jr., one of the five, <laughs> also said the same thing. So I think we're getting more clarity on that situation. But uh, but no, I think those are my biggest takeaways. Though. Yeah, I mean, I think I think with Young, uh, Atlanta will, will love him, I think. Uh, the Highlight Factory will now have a guy who I think will certainly give them some highlights to me. Even if he's not a star, he's just he pulls up from thirty five a couple of times. Crazy fans are gonna ooh and ah in Atlanta. Uh, they'll be fun. I'll be watching. Yeah, they'll be a fun team. I, there are I, a lot I'm of league pass teams that that developed out of this draft. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Sacramento's the league pass team now. Yeah. Well, I don't know about league pass team. Let's let's talk about <laughs> you know, we'll let's talk about fun. winners and losers in this draft, Kendall. Are there any teams that jump out to you quickly that are winners? Well, I mean, obviously Dallas. You talked about um, Dallas. Winners, uh, I'm gonna say that the it's tough. I like San Antonio. I mean, I think San Antonio coming out with Lonnie Walker uh, at 19, I believe, was extremely savvy. And watch out for Lonnie Walker next year. That's all I'll say. But um, besides them, uh, I thought. If you're a Celtics fan, you got to be happy with coming away with uh, uh, Robert Williams at 27. Uh, he very, very much slipped further than where many people thought. Um, and I think, uh, I think another guy for me is, um, uh, I think Orlando also. You know, I like Orlando. People are down on the Bamba pick. Uh, Why? Maybe not Magic fans, but I think some people around the league just feel like. It's a terrible fit for Bamba. You know, I've heard some. I think well, Orlando's a dumpster fire. Been Bill Simmons said everyone that. has a dumpster fire. If you look at all 30 of the teams, Orlando might have been the the worst spot for Mo Bamba. You know, what is their reason? They have a for systemic this? losing. Okay, they're culture. a terrible team. <laughs> it would have <laughs> been bad fit for everyone. Exactly. They all suck. Um, <laughs> we, all, we know that the yeah, teams suck. But I feel like if there's any player that could survive the Orlando Magic debauchery that's been going on in the last five years. Honestly, it might be Mo Bamba. Because at the end like, of the day, he's going to block shots. Yeah, his talent yeah. is has nothing to do with, I think, I mean, maybe him having a point guard will help, and Orlando will have no point guard. But other than whatever point guard he's playing with, will have very little to do with the system. Right. I don't think he's a system guy. I would think, like you said, Rudy Gobert could play for any team. The defense will be great because Gobert is such a great defensive player. Exactly. Like, Mo Bamba reminds me of Greek Freak in that he'll develop – if his skills develop. And his skills will develop if he works on his game. But it'll have nothing to do with this guy makes him look good, this guy, he needs to play with this guy to be successful, or this coach to be successful. Mo Bamba, if he, his three-point shot develops and his defense translates and he gets a real post game, he's going to be a great player regardless of whatever team he's on. You know, there are some guys where I think fit does matter. I don't think Bamba's that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Bamba's going to be Bamba wherever he is. Again, it'll help if you play to a great point guard. 
Uh, I, I agree with all, all your stuff on the Obama stuff. I don't necessarily. I, I don't love that he's on the Magic because I know the Magic I, I, are I terrible. See, I, I know that. I don't think it's that a perfect he fit for gets them more wins, but. They need they they have been trying to get a center for like three years. They've been trying to get rid of Vucevic. No one wants him. No one plays like that anymore. They can't get anything of value. Honestly, they're trying to get someone I, who's comparable, but there hasn't been centers in the draft that made sense for them to draft. So is, this is the first one that they have. And this, and you're probably gonna co co sign the statement, but this is very uh, bold. But is he the next great Orlando Magic center? I I think there's an excellent chance he will be. Like he might be. In that, I mean, I know Shaq obviously is a tough thing to follow, and Dwight Howard is a great player, but he might be the next one. That Magic you know, have like, had a great success in drafting franchise centers. And that, yeah, I mean, very well, very I, well. These might be the only two they've drafted. I don't, I have to go through the Magic draft. Oh, no, the only two, like, centers. centers, like, in terms of, like, guys that they thought were their franchise centers. Yeah. But this might be their third crack at it. Yeah, exactly. And they're two for two. And I'm sure some Magic fans like, wait, they drafted some other guy yeah, some, in 1998, and I don't remember. But or, yeah, probably more recently since they've been so bad. Yeah. You know. But did um, they draft Michael Doliak? That wasn't even a first round pick. That was probably a second round pick. Yeah. Um. No, yeah, but I also liked Portland. Also, real quick, I thought they had a savvy draft, drafting Anthony Simons and Gary Trent, um, who I think Simons playing under Lillard. And McCollum, along with Gary Trent, both those guys, very talented guards, could end up being if those guys are willing to be tutored, uh, and if those if Lillard and McCollum are willing to teach those guys their tricks, uh, if those guys don't get ate up by those guys in practice every day, there's, there's a chance that those guys might really develop into players, which could be exciting because they have very they have, they very much have a lot of talent. Um, I'll run through some of my my picks. Number one, I'm going with the Chicago Bulls. Not this is not in order of the team I thought won the most. I'm just listing them. Chicago Bulls are one team. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. I think he's a good fit with who they have now with uh with uh, marketing. Um, where you say okay, Wendell Carter six ten center. Well, if you're power forward seven one, that doesn't really matter. <laughs> seven feet tall, that doesn't really. That kind of mitigates the issue yeah. in terms of your size. So now they'll be long the front court. Back to the basket game. And he, yeah, he does the things marketing kind of doesn't do as a big man. He can block shots. Rebound. He can play, rebound. He can put his back to the basket. So I, they seem like a match made in heaven in the front court. Did you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and he's quick. He's long. I don't worry too much about like, oh, are you going to be too slow? Both those guys are agile. I think you can play both of them together. I think people are going to be surprised by Wendell Carter. I think they will too. And then the second pick of Chandler Hutchinson, uh, I liked when I saw the the, the tape. I like this kid, uh, an aggressive driver to the basket. Um, I, part of me wonders, he he's strong, but he doesn't weigh that much, and he's one of those guys where he was just running to the rim, bullying guys in college. Part of me wonders, okay, in the NBA, like you're not going to be able to just that's the small horse. You're not going to be able to just run and run the way he was. He played at Boise State. You know, had he been doing that in the ACC, yeah, maybe you can make the case that oh, it'll translate. But yeah, so a little bit of a way. question mark there. But I, I, I think the kid can play. I, I would be, I, I think he could did, stick in the league. Did you see uh, Wendell Carter? Apparently, Wendell Carter's mom or his parents, both of them, were calling out uh, Coach K, saying they felt lied to when uh, Bagley showed up. Wow, really? Yeah, I, I read that today. I was, I was shocked. Car- Carter was saying this too. No, he's oh, just his but parents? they said that. He also said that. Like he told them, like, yeah, I'm shocked, but I gotta go out there and play. But uh, I, I see. I, I don't buy that. 
because Coach I K, I don't, I don't think Coach K knew that Bagley was going to, I mean, he may have had an idea like, I oh, kind of buy it. We're trying to get Bagley, but. What do you think that they're, you think that, so you, oh, so you don't buy that Coach K was purposely they misleading said them. The, mom, the word the mom used was, it was shady how Bagley showed up. Which of course is shady. Yeah, yeah the guy. I, I would agree with they, that. The guy reclassified shady. like a month before school. Yes, yeah. it was shady. But <laughs> I don't think it was like, I don't. It wasn't anything deliberate to mislead Wendell Carter. I don't think they said like, oh yeah, they they recruited him as the man, and then all of a sudden he became the second guy, and it was like they were running everything through Bagley, and they felt lied to. My thing is, I don't think Coach K knew in November of the year before that that Bagley was going to show up in August. Which, right for me, seems like, I mean, it's unfortunate. You could have asked for a release or a transfer or something like that if you knew Bagley was showing up. And maybe yeah. that's what they're saying. Look, he went out there and he played anyway. Credit to Wendell Carter, but I'm not going to blame Coach K for that. What do you, what do you, want, him, you want him to be like, yeah, nah? I see what you're saying. Like, I was ready to be like, nah, I don't even see you. I, the one thing I think they mentioned or they could have said is that I wish that he was a little more transparent. And I think that that's something that, he wasn't. Was like, yeah, I think that getting that's probably, and I think to me, that's probably where their anger is coming in. They're little using, communication. They're using the shady part and inflicting it on how Bagley showed up, but that wasn't that shady to me. Like, the, like, the circumstances of him reclassifying was shady, yeah. but the idea that once he reclassified, they that would take him. he would be at Duke was not shady. I mean, it was obvious that that yeah. was a very good chance that was going to happen. Um, I think their, their frustration probably... They're using that to really match their frustration with, like, why are we told we're the man? And then when this guy reclassified, there was no word about yeah. what was happening. Well, no word about what was going to happen yeah. after he did that. So I think that's where their uh, frustration comes in. I get it. I understand it. And honestly, I think they're looking back and they're saying, look, if we knew Badly was going there, we would went to Harvard. And they, I yeah. think that's probably what was the case. But honestly, you got to think these things in advance. Now, I mean, nobody knew he Bagley was going to reclassify in November, but you got to think, oh, maybe Duke will find somebody else. Yeah. Um, it's always a possibility. But um, I just thought that was, that was very interesting. No, that is a <laughs> Coach K's, uh, you know, his Teflon. Very, thing. yeah, he has a very Teflon image. Sammy Ojale's mom. I'm surprised they, that, that report even got out. I mean, yeah. The way he's got the media the, locked there down. There was a, uh, the Boston Globe did a story on Sammy Ojale, and they talked about when he was at Duke, uh, he made Sammy Ojale's mom cry, talking about, you know, if you transfer, it would be the worst decision in your life, and your son's, you know, making a huge mistake and stuff, and there's been a lot of, a lot there, of heat there, over Coach K yeah, last there, there's some, months. I feel like... Uh, you didn't want to get into the Coach K fashion. Well, all I'll say is I feel like ever since there's been a obvious shift in the way Duke has recruited the Jeff Capel era. I feel, <laughs> I, yes, you consider the Jeff Capel era. I, I, I don't want to just put it on Capel. It's not Capel's fault. It's just but that's it's just, when it started. That seems to be obviously when it started. The one and done I think that if you look hard enough, there are a litany of questionable things that Coach K has said and done or that could all be under the demise of, under the guise and question when you consider the reputation that he has. I'm going to leave that there because right. uh, I, the, I don't want the Duke uh, – the Duke Illuminati to come and snatch my podcast up in a couple of minutes, but um, but in terms of other teams, I like what the Bulls did. Um, I like what the Pacers got with Aaron Holiday late at twenty three. Um, it wasn't that far from where I thought he would go, but I, I thought that some of these other teams that drafted maybe could have needed a point guard. Uh, the Timberwolves, uh, Tyus Jones wants out. Jeff T experiment didn't really work out. They could have maybe taken him. They took 
drafted Koji, who who yeah, Kogi. Kogi who uh, he, he fits I, with Thibodeau, but I I don't just I just don't know what kind of impact he really gonna have as an NBA player. Um, the Jazz are also could have used a guard. They took Grayson Allen instead of uh, instead of that him. was an interesting pick. I I I, I, I that, that surprises me. I, I think Holiday's much better than than him, but yeah, maybe they really feel confident Exum will be back. Holiday seemed like a perfect fit. Maybe they think Mitchell point guard. Uh, they shouldn't think that. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, they should not think that guy after the second round of the playoffs. No. So, um, so I thought that was good. And I, I, I to be honest, I kind of like what the Lakers got with Mo, uh, with with Mo Wagner. Um, they got Mo Wagner. Uh, they, they, uh, huh? Yeah. Yes. And they got uh, the Makai Luke. Uh, both guys are very good shooters. I think Wagner. I, I do worry about his. Lack of athleticism, his lack of quickness, those are obvious issues. That's why he went late in the first round. But the skills are obviously there. He's a great shooter, great passer, very good ball handler for his size. Um, he competes hard. He doesn't back down from anyone. I, I mean, he I just seems like the kind of guy I'd want on my team. He'll, he'll make it in the NBA. I don't think he'll be a complete bust. Um, so if you get that guy, what do they got? Twenty five. I mean, yeah. you, if you have the any guy who, you, who Kendall says he'll make it in the NBA at twenty five, then yeah. I think you got a great. You know, I don't think his ceiling is extremely high. I wouldn't say um, that either. They also drafted Isaac Bonga, who I, I think uh, I watched the tape on him. A lot of Greek freak talk, but mm-hmm. the guy can't play. <laughs> okay, it's tough, to, tough to say, but I mean, not that he can't play, but he's just not an NBA player. Uh, <laughs> but um. And maybe uh, maybe uh, this will be a, a a freezing cold day in a couple of years. And Isaac Bunga like an all star. <laughs> they'll be like Kendall Stewart said he couldn't play. But uh, no, nah, yeah, I think uh, I also thought the Nets had an interesting draft. Drafting two Europeans, Musa and uh, Karukas, Rodion Karukas. Um, it'll be very interesting. I'm not high on either one of them really, but especially I'm not high on Musa. But it could end up being a. Uh, uh, could end up being a draft that really helps them out if those guys can really play. Both those guys trying to come over. And I'm always interested to see what the Nets do because they very rarely have first-round picks. So um, They're finally freed from the latches of the uh, of uh, the Brooklyn trade or the, the Paul Pierce trade. Uh, Colin Sexton was the last guy. Um, so we can finally say there are no more picks attached to it. It's just Sexton, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, James Young. Uh, what are some losers here? Losers? Uh, well, I think well, I'll be I'll be frank and say that I think that every team that passed on Doncic will end up looking like a loser. Uh, well, I won't say that because I think Sacramento. While well, I would have drafted but Doncic, uh, I think Bagley will be good for them. So you're 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 targeting. Phoenix at number one. Yeah, I think Phoenix. Wow. I I, I just don't get drafting Aiden. I'm sorry. You don't get Aiden drafting number getting dra- drafting and I, Aiden and, at number one. And I'm the guy that after Aiden's first game at Arizona was like this guy is David Robinson. Like this guy yeah, is going to be incredible. Like I don't know. I don't see it, man. You know, I'm coming back. I I, I and it's not. See, I'm very into like these guys. When I see these guys, their interviews, their, you know, their body language, the way they are mentally. I look. I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Rather, I'm not a, uh, you know, I, I don't talk. I don't know these guys from a day to day thing. But 
when I look at Aiden, he screams big man that is going to underwhelm, that is going to have all the tools, the talent, but just won't be what we want him to be. Like, a poor man's Dorcas Cousins. I don't know. I don't know the guy. There are plenty, there are plenty of big men that are like that. Friendly players are like that. But, like, some of the comments Aiden makes just scream, like, this guy, I don't know if he, like, I don't know if he's ever going to win a championship. He's an interesting, he's proven to be kind of an interesting quote. Uh, oh, yeah, he's very charismatic. He's, you wouldn't know that. Yeah, he's he's proven, yeah, and that's going to be interesting for him. I mean, did you see the comment he made about his contract? Where he was like, or what, they asked him, what would be success for you in the NBA? Most guys would say, you know, championship, you know, whatever, <laughs> MVP. Uh, this guy said, if I get to my second contract, that'll be a success for me. And that, and it'd be one thing if he said, if I make, if I get a hundred million dollars or if I do, right. if I don't care about the money aspect, it's even, it's a very low bar for money. Like if I get to my second contract, there are a lot of bad players that can get to their second contract. Yeah. Kwame Brown got to that Kwame, second contract. Kwame, Kwame he might have got, got to that third. <laughs> so that's where I, that's where I wonder, like, what's this guy, where, how is he wired? He has all the game. He got to the league. I think he might just shut down. Wow. But, I mean, I shut down, but I think he just might leave little to be desired. That, wow. You heard it here. That's, it a, also screams, that's a scolding hot take right now. That, that could turn already, into freezing cold in a couple a, of years. For a guy that already doesn't play great defense, I don't know. I, I, I find it he's so physically dominant. I just feel like if, they have, if Phoenix's player development system is worth anything, they're gonna turn this guy into a beast. I, I, it would surprise me if he was a bust. I'm not saying he's, I'm not gonna, be, saying he's gonna be a bust. Like he might. I mean, he's not Michael Beasley. I, I'm not saying he's Michael right. Beasley. I'm just saying if I'm look, we're looking at the centers, he might be like less, like a little closer to the Andre Drummond class. Probably a little less than that. I think if he's Andre Drummond. That's not nearly as. It's not a bust. It's not, that's not nearly as doomsday scenario that, that that you're painting. It's not nearly as bad as what you're making out. There. I think that's like best case scenario in terms of like best case scenario is DeAndre Drummond. Not, I mean, not, I, Deandre, I mean obviously best Andre case Drummond. scenario is like a Hall of Famer. But I mean like I think that's like the likely like if things work out. Andre Drummond can't make free throws. This guy already shoots makes. Well, free throws. obviously different player. That's why I say maybe like a poor man's boogie okay. is like you know more athletic, but like not all the crazy character concerns, but same. Type of issues of like, man, this guy just doesn't. Does get he it. get it? Right. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 that's surprising to me. You feel so strongly about it in in that negative way. I don't feel that way. Um, I mean, I think I like all the things you're saying. I see what you're saying. I just don't think that it will be enough to make me not think he's gonna. And I'll, I'll also think whatever he does do, I don't think it'll matter. And I guess that's a bigger point. Is that like he's not getting them out of this doldrum that they're in now. Now maybe somebody else. He may be a piece. I agree. I, I don't think there's. That's I, where I. I don't, that's where I feel like they're gonna. They're gonna uh, just be disappointed by him compared to not drafting Doncic, where I think Doncic will, might be worth five winning or 10 games weeks. and stuff. Yeah, I I agree that like, that, like who how many I don't know how many games Phoenix won 18, like 20. 20, whatever. Yeah. The, I I wouldn't put more than five more wins on this total unless they. Barn, they make some major trade to get some other great player or anything like that. Uh, Devin Booker, unlike what he said, will be in the lottery next year because they're, they're not going to. He Aiden, I don't think, will change life that much for them. Me and you, total agreement in that. I don't agree necessarily that he won't be an impact player. I, these big men are so bad. He is too. He's 
more skilled than like fifty percent of the starting centers in the NBA now. Yeah. So I, I like if he's already there, I don't. I, it would shock me that he just somehow was so lazy that he just didn't live up to his potential. Still in a way that's really either. good. That's a problem. No, that's still that is definitely he may a problem. find somebody. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's a problem. I mean, I, to me, I zero in more on the Kings for passing on Doncic than I do the the Suns. Suns is a little more on this. I think Bagley will. I think he's an automatic. This guy's gonna average like eighteen and ten. So here's the thing about Bagley. I agree with you. And I think, I think the that the chance, and that's kind of why this makes it a weird pick for me to call them losers. Because I I agree. It, Bagley, Bagley has a chance to win Rookie of the Year next year, and I still think they may be losers because. Bagley to me looks like the kind of player that on the Kings, I worry if he's a looter in a riot. Um, the guy is an unbelievable workhorse in terms of the rebounding on the on the offensive glass. He his offensive game is more limited than people think, but through fur, through pure aggression and 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 athleticism, he get, he finds his way to fifteen points next year. He just, you know he's just if he gets enough touches, there's no way he doesn't. He just is too active. But because of those situa- because but because of those deficiencies, and for someone who so for throughout their, their entirety of their career, even in college last year, relied pretty much solely on their quickness and athleticism, I have questions about what does he do beyond just being a pretty good offensive player and an excellent rebounder. I know that's a, that's like wow, that's a pretty good place to start, but I don't see much defensive potential from him. I don't see him being a great passer. Not that I'm not that I'm looking for big men to be great passers, but that's certainly not something that's gonna be a plus with Bagley. So I got a power forward who gives me very little defensive value at the moment. He can't really stretch the floor. And 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 he's not really a plus in terms of passing or anything like that. So to me I look at him and he might be a very narrow he might have a narrow impact. On the on games in the end, he may be a good player who racks up stats, but I don't know if he really helps my team win. Now, if he's on a better team, that's different. If he went to the if he went to the Mavericks, I'd say that's different because okay, they have a. I don't know how I, now. Of course, this is weird because I, I don't think he would match with Dirk. But right. but let's just say whatever he's on the Mavericks, I say okay, Grizzlies. or the Grizzlies. Let's go to the good example. So let's say he's on the Grizzlies. I'd say okay, well him with next to Gasol. Uh, he brings the athleticism, the, the the dog, the the, and then you got Conley to give him the rock, who maybe give him some pick and roll opportunities. He didn't get Duke because Trayvon Duvall really wasn't the passer. Um, he needed to be like. Now you got some. Now I see where he fits with the Kings, on a team that has nothing basically other than De'Aaron Fox, who's a good young player but still a developing young player. I look at him still almost more like a prospect than like a legit star player in the NBA or starting point guard. He's the guy you're developing. Um, Bagley, to me, he adds no wins to the Kings next year. Yeah. When you have someone like, we have someone like Doncic, I know you have their pick. We have someone like Doncic on the board who I do think has the ability to, that on a team like the Kings or almost any of the other teams except for the Hawks. I do agree. The Hawks are so bad. I don't, I don't think he could have done anything. I don't know if there's no way to make better. No rookie can do anything with the Hawks. There, there's nobody to make better on the yeah, Hawks. Yeah, they're, they're a team that's purposely tanking, so therefore they don't have any talent on the roster. But when you talk about a team like the Kings that has some pieces, not great pieces, and not enough for someone like Bagley's impact him, I do think Doncic could have made the best out of what they had. 
But then also, I think that it made a mistake passing on. If you weren't going to take Doncic, I think they should have took Bamba. Right. You know, to me, Bamba is someone who I know he can. He he he's proven that he he can defend and 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 protect the basket. And you already have a defensive anchor in that position at the five spot. I feel like if you got someone like him on a team that was one of the worst defensive teams last year, who pretty much blocked no shots. They were like. 27 or 28th in block shots last year. Their defense was, I think, 26th in 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 defense and uh and a defensive rating. They were a miserable defensive team. Bamba comes in and changes life for you instantly. Bagley does nothing for that, and he's not that great an offensive player to where his offense will overcome his defensive deficiencies to improve their team. Right. So I look at the Kings and I say, you may have got a guy who averages 18 and 10. By the time he becomes a very good player, at twenty and ten, but are you winning any games? I feel like Bagley will not. He will not finish his career on the Kings. He'll be on another team because he's going to be a guy who's talented, but like it doesn't help the Kings, so they end up trading him. Right. And he might be great on another team. I just don't think for the Kings that it works. I think they think they got Chris Webber, but they got uh, Chris Webber on the on the Bullets. Right? Yes, exactly. They got Chris Webber on the or Bullets or the or the Warriors. They didn't get the Chris Webber on the Kings. Now. What I'll say about Bagley is that, one, I think the issue I have with it is that, one, I'm hearing they love Harry Giles. I'm hearing he looks great in practice, and they're very excited about Harry yeah. Giles. Um, but if Harry Giles is, let's say he's 75% of the player he was in high school, which would be an absolute hit if they got him at 20, similar to Michael Porter. Um, he's very similar to Marvin Bagley. Right, they're kind of the same guy. Exactly. So where is where is the value in picking a second? Had a Giles Kings fan who like, like Harry Giles. Me and Kings fan went back and forth about this. This is the exact thing, pretty much. Um, because I talked about how this was a mistake if they did this before the draft, and he said why. I told him Bomb and and Doncic and the guys. He said, well, Giles, um, where what is that situation fly? I agree. I think that number one, they're extremely similar. And number two, and because they're extremely similar, number two, that's not, that looks like a defensive nightmare for them. Yeah. Who, who are they guarding with those two guys in the front they court? They can't be the starting front they, court, Because yeah. neither of those guys are playing the three. So those guys are the four and the five, man. Well, Vlade, in his post-draft press conference, said, we look at a guy that's playing the three, four, and five. I'm like, yeah, I, I dare you to put back at the three. <laughs> what kind of space is that with? That was somebody. <laughs> Uh, yeah, when the Celtics go with Marcus Smart at the three, I'm sure the Kings will be fine when Bagley is playing. Yeah, exactly. chasing guy, chasing Terry Rozier <laughs> on the perimeter. <laughs> that would be fun. Um, so look, so that's the first problem is that look, if you're high, maybe you're not, maybe they're worried about Harry Giles, which they probably should be, regardless of whether or not, whether regardless of what they see in practice, and maybe they're saying, look, this guy's insurance, you shouldn't have insurance for the number twenty pick, but. Maybe they feel like, look, we don't know what Harry Giles is going to be, but we, we need to show up the fourth spot because he's way better than Scala this year, which I would agree with. I also think this pick very much means that they're very confident in the Aaron Fox because, again, I don't think they feel like they need a quarterback, which I think Doncic's best skill. Um, I feel they don't. They feel they're set there. Um, I also think they, they're confident in uh, Bogdanovich and Heald. Uh, and I mean, I I listened to Darren Fox was on he was uh, on the Ringer NBA show uh, their podcast. He was being interviewed, and when they asked him, this was 
before the lottery even, before they even knew they were draft number two. And they asked him about different prospects, and he was excited about the idea of getting either either Porter or Bagley. Uh, and then when they asked him about Doncic, he was like, eh, eh I don't know. <laughs> you know, he definitely seemed iffy. And I'm sure, obviously, little, he, one, he's a point guard, so he's like, I don't need another guy uh, taking touches away from me. But And two, I mean, he made the caveat, I haven't seen a whole lot of him. But I don't know. You know, just talking about European players in general. But uh, Bagley, somebody that he's played with in AAU. Yeah. You know, same with Michael Porter. I wonder if they gave De'Aaron Fox a little bit of a say on who do you think we should go with. And I'm sure he told him, I would love to play with Marvin Bagley. Yeah. And all that stuff adds up to why they wouldn't draft Dantich over Bagley. Also because, again, Peja and Vlade, as much as those guys are European and probably love to have a guy like Luka Doncic, they also played with Chris Webber. Um, so that also makes me wonder, uh, like, do they feel like Bagley is Webber 2.0? Which could be their, their thinking as well. Um, other loser for me, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to pick on Jordan and the Hornets oh. for Miles Bridges. Uh, look, nothing against Miles Bridges. I think that he'll stick in the NBA. But for a team that has a bunch of anonymous college stars, they just drafted in another anonymous college star to me. See, I like Miles Bridges. I also like Malik Monk. <laughs> right, and, and I like Frank Kaminsky, and that didn't work out. Yeah. And it's not like those guys aren't NBA players. Like they're, they're both of guys. <laughs> oh yeah, Monk, the majority's out on Monk. I think he'll be better in second year. I'm, I'll give him that. Even though I was not a Monk fan, did not think the Knicks should have drafted him. Yeah, I was yeah, you're, totally you're right. off. On, I totally was off the. the the Monk bandwagon. So far, I've been proven correct on that. Um, this is a team that has a lot of those same guys. A lot of guys that you remembered in college and then you forgot about them by the time they got to Charlotte. Yeah. This is a pick for a team that's yeah. kind of going nowhere. I, to me, I don't know how they passed on Michael Porter. There was one team where I looked at the teams that passed on him because of his back injury that I said, regardless of his injury, they should have taken him. I think Charlotte at 11. I, I don't know how you draft Miles Bridges. For me, it would have been the... The Clippers, only because they had two picks. I'm like, man. I get the I get the Clippers, but I mean, I, I think the Clippers wanted to be right. I think I like I think the Clippers yeah. are like, we can't light a pick on fire. We need two guys that can play. Um, where and, and I think I I know people. I think Clippers fans are down there on their picks. I'm I'm actually think the Clippers did a decent job. I think the Clippers Rob- disappointed me. I think Jordan Robinson is underrated. Um, in two point <laughs> you call him a Morris Allman. This guy is more game than Morris Allman. Jody Meeks. Morris Allman had no handle. This kid has handle. He can shoot. He's a scoring machine. <laughs> BC. I think. He, I think he could. I've be, seen so many of these scoring machines. I guess. guys. I think he could be no decent. I think college. he could be decent in the NBA. Um. And and then Shea Gillis Alexander. I think is a very interesting, intriguing prospect. I Tall, like Shea. Athletic. A guy has a fight in dog. People talk about Colin Sexton's. Dog and he does have it, but I kind of almost prefer someone like Shea Gillis Alexander. Not more the of a silent not assassin. the I'm gonna yell at you and mean mug you. I like the silence, cold assassin type feel to my dog, and that's what I got in a player like Shea Gillis Alexander. I think he plays with a chip on his shoulder because I think all the guys that we're talking about in this draft, he in this freshman he class, no he was just ignored. Nobody yeah. really talked about he how came good in this with kid no was. Height. People talked all talked about at UK talked about Kevin Knox. This guy was the best player on their Diallo. team. Diallo. Diallo. All these other guys kept getting talking. And when I watched him play, I'm like, yo, this guy, Shea, he plays like he's a guy trying to prove something every time he's on the floor. 
I just I I don't know. I I get some of his issues. Can he shoot? Um, yeah, is he a tweener? Him. He's not a great athlete. I just feel like he's the kind of his mentality is the kind of guy that he'll he's gonna make it because he's just gonna do whatever he needs to do to make it. I just like the way he carries himself. So I, I didn't mind this Clippers, but to me the Hornets, you're going nowhere. You already have a bunch of college stars that didn't really work out. Why not take a chance on a guy with immense talent and instead of taking a guy who looks like he'll probably be a role player for you? You don't need another role player. This team is terrible. They're gonna be they're gonna be even worse next year. I don't know what the record was. Sure, but they're gonna be a worse team next year. Why I don't are they know why trying? they didn't trade Kemba? I mean maybe they like Kemba. He's a good very good player. They but may still trade him. It, it probably will, but it just makes no sense for him to be on the team. I don't know why he's on the roster. He's got a one-year but deal, I think, plenty of value. But I think these teams that they would likely trade him to, they they know that they're, I think they're in the Kyrie sweepstakes. Yeah. Brooklyn. Think, Brooklyn, New York, New York. Those teams that make perfect sense for Kemba Walker on, on, in some levels, they're Lakers, not they're not Clippers. doing anything to mess with their cat space yeah. to, to deal with Kyrie Irving. I mean, I think the Lakers are the spot you got to look at. If I'm, if I'm Jordan, I'm saying, I'll, look, I'll trade him for Lonzo Ball. And would the Clippers, would the Lakers do that? I'll do that if I'm the Lakers. You would do that. Uh, I don't yeah, know. I would do that. Get, get that guy out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's not doing nothing so, for me. Can we just confirm? Because you, you've bashed Lonzo now several times on the show. Are I you have? just, yeah, you do it all the time. Are you done with Lonzo Ball? Can we just. I'm, I'm done with LeVar Ball, man. Oh, like, Lonzo as a player. Nice, nice hedging his bets. Like, if I'm if I'm Charlotte, I'll bring in Lonzo. Like, I'm not. I'm trading you an all star point guard for. Uh, for this guy, that so might be on, that might only be good just so we can finally see Jordan play Levar one on one. Oh, I know, right? Because Levar says that he beat Jordan one on one. Yeah, and Jordan is not the guy. Jordan will trust me. If Lonzo is on the Hornets, He'll play Levar. Levar will play Jordan one on one. That will happen. Jordan is that petty. He's not gonna be like, oh no. He's gonna be like <laughs> after the press conference, bring, bring your bring your your big ball of brand shoes. Yeah, exactly. Because we're gonna we're gonna lace him up on the court. Like so. That's a move that I would make, but and yeah, if I'm the if I'm the Lakers, I don't need Lonzo. If I if I expect to get Paul George and LeBron, which I think will happen, mm-hmm. where's the value in having this guy? I mean, can't really shoot. He's a decent player, decent defense. Whatever. I really would like to see Kemba Walker on a good team. But did you see this Leandro Ball stuff? This is all teams. Now look, do I think Leandro Ball is an NBA player? No. I could he be on a summer league team? I think he could, but I think LeVar Ball has been so much of a detriment to the Lakers that all these teams are like, we're not even touching this kid. That may end up happening with LaMelo Ball, too, who was playing the JBA, which I don't know what kind of of competition that is. (laughs) He had 40 in his first game. Yeah, he had 40. You know, I also heard he didn't look that great. People watching, like, oh, yeah, he wasn't even that great. But, I mean, the highlights I saw, he looked very impressive. He looked like, man, this kid 6'8", or 6'6", whatever he is. But, like, had the same game he had when he was really little. But just now he's tall. I'm like, wow, this is very intriguing. But he might not make the NBA because of his dad right now. Um, That's how bad it seems. And Lonzo is only, you know, he's only floating uh, head above water because he's got some game. But the LeVar factor right now is very, very detrimental. And from the Lakers, I don't want to deal with it. And I think that's why... They're having, I don't know, if, I won't go as far as to say they're having trouble trading him because I don't think they're trying to trade him. 
But I think they will have trouble trading if, if it ever comes to that. Um, what do you feel about the Knicks, real quick? The New York Knicks drafting Kevin Knox. Um, it's not going to excite a lot of fans. The Nick Brass seem to be really excited. They seem to really like this kid. Uh, Knox is an interesting player because I feel like I feel like he has an obvious. I feel like he has an obvious value in the NBA in terms of what kind of player I see him possibly being. Um, he kind of, he kind of to me reminds me a little bit of, uh, 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 not as physical as this guy, but I feel like his offensive game may develop into something like uh, a Marcus Morris in terms of Oop. four, three, four kind of guy can guard multiple positions. He's more smooth than Mook. He is because Mook was a four power yeah, forward in forward, college and yeah. in, in in college so. This kid is a real. He plays some small ball four, but he's a three man in terms of his game. So, I think what the profile of NBA player he'll be. I'm not saying he's like Mook Morris. He'll play like it. I think that his game will resemble that kind of player, that kind of value. What he does to the table, what he brings to the table. Um, the question is, will he be able to do more than just be that? A kind of like a, a a guy who can isolate and score on his own when he gets a chance. But you know, is he a star or is he just a role player type of guy? Um, and that's the question with Kevin Knox. I, I think the guy has, um, he has great athleticism. I think he has the the foundation for a really really smooth offensive game, but he he, he does not play defense. He does not play strong enough um, when it comes to rebounding or, or or just being just tough enough uh, defensively. And like a lot of these guys in college, you, they all got to work on their ball handling. He could work on his handle a little bit, but. The pull-up game is there. He can make a lot of these really tough floaters. I mean, in terms of shot-making, and I think he's really advanced, and Kevin Knox talked about it, and I, I, I didn't really think about it until he kind of said it, and then I watched the tape again, and I realized he really did learn a lot playing in UK uh, with all of the off-ball stuff he had to do. Because Kentucky, and this kind of was weird to me, because he said, and I'm so used to playing with the ball in my hands, which is surprising. I'm like, he's 6'9". Who's giving him the ball? But I guess in high school, he was just, if you're the, as someone who played high school basketball against guys who were amazing, like, yeah, they just give you the ball and they just say, get out yeah. the way. You know, that's what they did with Kemba Walker and Silver Landsberg and all the great players that were in my league when I was playing high school basketball. So for him, yeah, I'm sure he was 6'9". They were like, yeah, just go and dunk on them. But when he got to UK, Cal uh, Perry runs a lot of NBA sets and they do a lot of at least they've evolved into running a lot of NBA sets and do a lot of different things. So he was doing a lot of running, a lot of uh, a lot of horns action. He was doing a lot of different things as their wing scorer that I think helped him in the NBA. I think that is an advantage. I think he comes in, and I don't think he'll be shocked when it's like, hey, you're not going to just get the ball and just do whatever you want. you got to have to move to get open. You're going to have to uh, pick your spots. He had to do that at UK. I think he took him a little while, but then he learned it well. I think that's an advantage that does he does come into the NBA with. The big question mark was how you take him over my, Michael Porter. My thing is, if the pet medical and Porter was so terrible that you didn't think he could play for you, then you can't take him. It, that's just the bottom line. That would look worse if Philly drafted him at 10, but they also passed on him. So many teams pass on Knicks, pass on as a Knicks, that makes me feel like Clippers pass him there is an issue with Porter's back. And if there really is a serious issue... I can't fault the Knicks for saying I just, the risk is too high. And number eight, when they they, they cannot miss this pick. Yes. They're they're a team that has besides Porzingis, who's injured, 
and you have Franklin Lakina, who the jury is still out on, you don't have any other young pieces that you feel excited about. The next piece you bring in can't be a guy who you don't think can get on the floor. You just can't. So I, I don't mind the Kevin Knox pick. It's not something I'm gonna, you know, wave pom poms about and be super excited about as a Knicks fan. Um, but I think the kid could be good. And I think he I think the fact that he he is a real three man, I think is important because the Knicks last year, Hornacek, that decision to try to go with three guards and particularly with Lee and Horn and Hardaway basically splitting the small forward role, that was a disaster. Uh opposing small forwards abused the Knicks last year all season because of it. Knox is a real three man. He's six foot nine. You know, he can get stronger, but the guy's like two hundred and twenty pounds. We're not gonna have any issues to turn the Knicks being on the matchup with other teams anymore. He comes in day one. He's a starting small forward. The Knicks last year had essentially no small forwards on the roster. Beasley is like a power forward. Lance, Lance Thomas is like a power forward. Those guys aren't. They and they were playing small forward for the Knicks last year. Yeah. And then you had Hardaway or Lee starting at the three. They had no small forward basically on the entire roster. They had to get fill that position. If Porter doesn't play next year, you're still not filling the position. So Knox at least comes in day one, and I think he's the starter. With Knox, I, I mean, I think we look at the guys that were available. I mean, I would have taken Miles Bridges because I was higher on him, but uh, I think they probably made the right choice. You know, Knox made sense because of an upside that he provides. Uh, obviously, he's healthy. Uh, if you want to talk about Porter, Porter's out of discussion for me because of the injury. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody that's fighting for Porter, uh, all those people didn't read his medical report, so they can't really make that case. Um, unless you don't care. Unless you're like, look, I know, I understand Porter may never play a game, or he may never, he won't play next season, he might never look the same, but I don't care. That's a risk I'm willing to take. Right. You know, I don't know how bad it was. The medical report, you might have doctors telling you, this guy will never be the same player. And if somebody tells you that, you're not going to draft him. So I don't know what the Knicks knew. We'll never find out. But regardless, um, what I will say is that uh, when I look at Knox, he had the most upside of any of the wings they were looking at. Um, I think he's got the most NBA look to his game. I you know, agree with he that. He looks like a starting small forward. Yeah. Bridges, I don't know what Bridges is. He, Bridges, Miles Bridges, rather. I, don't, I mean, he's a tweener, 3-4 that can jump but doesn't have a high skill level and isn't a knockdown shooter. I don't I can't yeah, name the player. He's a jump shot but he needs to improve the yeah, range. Yeah, not like a knockdown guy, yeah. I don't I don't think I don't know if he's making NBA threes. Right. So, I don't know the player. The player I hope he can become is Draymond Green. I just don't know if he has that th- th- that feel for the game that Draymond's got. Yeah. But uh and Mikael Bridges doesn't have the look either for me of a guy that's a uh an all-star small forward. Kevin Knox does. He's got all the tools, got all the the physical the physical tools. He's got all the skills. It's just about putting it all together. Um, I think the only problem for me with Knox is in terms of the fit with the Knicks. I do worry if he's not ready to play from day one. Really? Yeah. Like I've been not, going back and forth. Not, on this. not that he's not ready to play. I think he could play for a good team, but I I worry that on the Knicks if he'd be asked to do a little too much too soon. And if, it may hurt him a little bit because that seems so bad. Yeah, the Knicks are, are the Knicks are. They might end up running their offense through Kevin Knox next year. I mean, which may not look good. And just like Dennis Smith, 
Yeah. Going to Dallas, they asked him just like, just do whatever you want. We have nobody else. And it was a mess. And people still look at Daniel Smith and like, they're not super down on him. And it might be the same with Kevin Knox next year. But I just worry that like, this isn't going to look as good as maybe we envision it in year one. Yeah, I mean, the Knicks lack of, like the Knicks, him going to the Knicks without Porzingis is like him going to like the Hawks. Yeah, it's no different. Like, you know, like it's only a little bit better maybe. Because, I mean, the Hawks don't even have, like, a yeah. Cantor and Hardaway. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't even have that. Yeah. Torian <laughs> Prince is literally the best player. Yeah. So, so, they're, like, literally at rock bottom. But, like, the Knicks are, like, only a step above that yeah. without Porzingis, which that could be all of next season. So, that's, that I, I hear you on that. And it's something I did think about. Uh, it's a good point, honestly. Like, I, you know, it, I've I, heard I, people I, compare I would argue Jason that. Hayden. I would guess I would argue that I, I you would hope that. The Knicks lose something in free agency, maybe, to get a guy who can kind of be a stopgap. I don't even know year. if like like their like their point guard is Frank Nilakina. I don't yeah. know what he looks like as a starting point guard yet. Like no, I think he can make plays, but I'll, I'll be interested to see in summer league if he really made real progress as like oh yeah this guy is he gonna play in the summer league? league? He's got to. If uh, he I'm, doesn't, I'd be I'm asking. I don't know. You know, I haven't, there's been no summer league roster. There's been no word about whether or not he's gonna play. The guy I'm really interested to see. I mean, he, I know, he needs to play. No, Lonzo Ball ain't playing because that guy. I mean, we've talked enough about Lonzo Ball, but they claim he's got it. I mean, he had a knee procedure, so I don't expect him to play. The guy I really want to see is Marco Fultz. If he doesn't play, then I didn't even think about. I'd be extremely Fultz. disappointed. They've been dodging it, you know. After the season, oh, we'll see. You know, even now the he's got to play. We, we'll summer see. League, right? I mean, he's working on the jump shot with Drew Hanlon. They say that look, it's still a progress. I'm I mean, worried that I mean, they're gonna shut him down and just be like, "Look." Part look. of me feels like if he's still working on it. That I wouldn't put him out there. That's what I think is gonna happen. They're yeah. gonna be like, "Look, he's working on it." But with Knox, like, if you're going in a situation Jason Tatum went to last year, I'd be like, "Now nah, I don't know if he'd be as good as Tatum, but I'd, it'd be like this guy's got the tools to be successful around with a great yeah. coach and around good players." In New York, just like if Tatum went to New York. He may not have been as successful. Doesn't mean he's not gonna be a great player, but it's just a that's a tough situation for a lot of guys to go into. Bagley doesn't matter. Keep, he's gonna put put up numbers. But keep an eye out in the knock situation on the the factor of David Fisdale being his team's coach. David Fisdale was a masterful player developed guy with the Heat. Yes. Um, Did a good job with the Grizzlies. So many well. of those low draft picks they had ended up really producing for him. Whiteside. Whiteside came out of nowhere. Cole, Chalmers, second round pick. Tyler Johnson, undrafted. Tyler Johnson, the Heat. They they just they just got hit after hit after hit on guys that had and it, had a quarter of the talent. Even post LeBron, like because you make the case of, like Norris Cole, like yeah, the guy played LeBron, like. But even to get a to get anybody who could come in and then like hit threes in the NBA Finals, like that's that's even with LeBron, that's not easy to do, right. you know. But then I look at, like, even bigger, like, Hassan Weiss out of the league. Post-LeBron, you turn that guy into an all-star. Tyler Johnson, post-LeBron, guy no one's ever heard of, turn that guy into a real NBA player and a $40 million guy. Yeah, he's guy, a very rich player now. You know, very $50 million dollar guy. Like, those are impressive deals. You know, I think he had Josh Richardson maybe his rookie year. Like, exactly. Again, all these guys we named have had a quarter of the talent that Knox has. So... I think that's something to be very mindful of. And look at any, it. any really any player, young player. Remember Nick's a guy out. I liked, Andrew Harrison, who went second round. I mean, I was happy to see him playing for Memphis that first year. I mean, Memphis fans didn't love it because, you know, he wasn't great. But like, 
a guy that some people didn't think was an NBA guy that turned into a, almost a starting point guard yeah. for the Grizzlies. Uh, that, and Fizdale loved the guy. Yeah. And really turned him into an NBA player. So there's another guy that, you know, Fizdale likes playing with young players or playing young players. So, I mean, Neil Keenan and Knox, that'll be very interesting. And Fizdale really likes Kevin Knox. Uh, and when I hear a team talk highly about a guy like that, with that kind of confidence, I don't think there was anybody in the Knicks range that they wanted more than Knox. I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously Bombo was like two or three picks away. I think they would have drafted him. But besides that, I think they would have drafted him over Wendell Carter. That would have been the only other guy. Um, Saying not rookies, Ken, though. Who will be rookie of the year? Who will be your standouts this year? Uh, I mean, yeah, last year we had obviously Tatum and Mitchell and Ben Simmons, uh, the guy that stood Kyle's out. Kyle Kuzma. Well, Ben Simmons wasn't in the, in the class, but he yeah. was a rookie. Um, you mentioned Kyle Kuzma, but, I mean, this year, I mean, I think Luka Doncic will be rookie of the year. Um, I think we agree on that. But I think other guys that will be in the hunt uh, will be uh, Marvin Bagley, who I think will be extremely productive. And I'm going to say... Lonnie Walker. I wow. don't. I don't think Trey Young. Lonnie Walker. They Trey Young can be too inefficient. Similar to Dennis Smith, too wild, too inefficient. People mm-hmm. are gonna. People are gonna sell some of their stock on Trey Young, uh, and I don't think Aiden's as good as people think. Um, I agree with you on Doncic as the rookie of the year. I agree Bagley will be impactful in his rookie year. Um, I'm gonna throw Kevin Knox in there. Uh, I think Kevin Knox will be impactful. I think he's going to stand out. I think he's going to have a good rookie year. Um, those honestly might be my top three guys. I do like Walker. I think Walker. Monty Walker is going to be. Walker. People are going to be surprised. Yeah, and, Walker in San Antonio is just a match made. And look, yeah, some a lot of 90, like 50 to 70% of the stuff is fit, man. Yeah. Like last year, I wasn't a huge Mitchell guy. You know, like I thought he was Norman Powell 2.0. I love Norman Powell coming out. So it wasn't like a huge thing, but it was like. I thought they were identical prospects. And I thought him going to Utah, even at the time, I was like, eh. That's all I'm playing in the summer league. I'm like, look, this guy's going to be perfect for this team. I don't know if he's going to work in the year, but, I mean, the guy's going to play. I'm also going to throw Shea Gildas-Alexander in there. I'm going to give two UK guys. I think because I think he's starting point guard. Oh, definitely. Uh, I don't know what happens to Patrick Beverly. Um, but I He'll think come off the bench. Okay. Tragic. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, I I, do, I think that uh, I think or Shea will come with the bench day one and then right. But I think like, I think Shea will get a lot of minutes, and I, the kid is good. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna surprise people. So I think those are my uh, rookie standouts. The Lonnie Walker thing, man. Like, I mean, I don't want to say Donovan Mitchell 2.0, but that's kind of what it sounds like. I'm going, you know, like the Spurs will be in the playoffs, obviously. Almost regardless of what happened with this Kawhi Leonard thing. And this guy... Yeah, Walker could very well be starting on night one. That wouldn't surprise me. Like, cause if like, Kawhi Leonard's on the team. Who or he's is the Spurs go-to guy? Let's say, it's, let's say it's the same team they had last year minus Kawhi, which it won't be because they'll get something for Kawhi Leonard or they'll have Kawhi Leonard. But who's their number one guy? I mean, it's Aldridge. But then after that, might not even be Lonnie Walker. Rudy Gay's a free agent. Mm-hmm. He just opted out. And maybe he comes back, but even if they have Rudy Gay back... Like, Lonnie Walker, better than Manu, you would think. Manu's, like, 41. 
and better than DeJounte Murray, you would think. Unless DeJounte Murray really worked on his jump shot. Still got Gerald Green. Who? Gerald Green. I mean, I saw Danny Green. Oh, like, like Danny Green. I think I'm pretty sure those guys get confused yeah. very often. Oh, like Jerry Green played on a lot of teams, but you ever play with Danny Antonio? Shout out to Marvel, but I had a Marvel. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, Danny Green, Lonnie Walker. I think should be better than that guy too. Like in terms of like talent, like I don't know if he have any NBA feel. Right. Said some wild stuff. I don't know if you heard the wild stuff he was saying. You know about Hitler and stuff. I, I'm not all into that stuff. What did he say about Hitler? He was like, "Oh, Hitler's a a great guy. <laughs> he's either a great guy, he's like the great leader, or something. He's a weird guy." Oh, yeah, Lonnie. Yeah. yeah, he's a little off. There. He's definitely a weird guy. He talks about how conspiracy theories and stuff. But regardless, um, the guy can play, and or he's got talent. So I think Popovich will be very, very cognizant of that, and I think he'll be playing very early on. I think. I don't know, like, I think Popovich has learned from this Kawhi Leonard thing. I don't think that'll be anything to worry about with, with Lonnie Walker, but I think he'll see, like, look, if I have another A-plus talent, I'm not going to run to the ground like I did Kawhi Leonard. So that's just something to look out for. But this guy will be averaging, I think, at least 13, 14 points. Oh, big, big bowl that's, prediction. That's, and that's a lot right of numbers. That might end up being tame if he's like Donovan Mitchell, who averaged 20. I don't know, with a 19th pick averaging 13, 14 points a rookie year, that's big words there. Um, I, I plan on this draft segment being about 50 minutes and ended up going 90. So there's that. So we're running out of time here, but quickly, Kendall, on the World Cup, uh, any initial quick thoughts on what we have here? We have oh, some well, team. did you have anybody that you were going to? Oh, I, I, re- oh, for rookie of the year? Well, I know you have. Yeah, I mean, I named them. I mean, I, I, you know. Oh, you said Knox. Yeah, yeah, Knox. I think Shea Gillis Alexander. Oh, Shea. Yeah. Um, uh, I agree with you on Donchich. I agree with you on Bagley. There's no, no Kuzma's. Oh, uh, it was hard to get a guy like that that late. I mean, yeah, you were you were on the money with Kuzma I was, last year. I know right? I was directly on the money. Yeah, I, not I, as on the money with uh, your your guy Biggie Swan. <laughs> if I had to go, yeah, Biggie Swan didn't go so well. If I had to go with anyone, I'd go Aaron Holiday. I think Robert Williams might end up playing next year too. Williams would be an excellent fit for that. Like the reason why I can't go Kuzma, like I don't think he's gonna like put up numbers like Kuzma, but I think his impact will be. He's gonna be playing for the Celtics. But if I had to say who could be like Kuzma, I'll say like Aaron Holiday. That team just they may lose Lance Stevenson, different kind of player. But there's a void now. There's minutes. There's minutes and there's points available for a team that relies very heavily on a lot of scorers. They had like six or seven guys in double figures last year. So this is a team that is Old Depot and then all everybody else by committee. And Holiday can come in and he could just fit right in with a bunch of other guys who can kind of score a little bit. So. I also if love, I had to, if I had to identify Kuzma, it would be John. One Aaron last Holiday. thing about Dallas. I mean, obviously, I love Jalen Brunson. When I mentioned, but I talked about that last last week. But with the last pick of the draft, EJ, they drafted Kostas Adetokounmpo. Yes, they did. What's interesting about that, EJ, is that obviously Giannis is going to be a free agent in a couple of years. Watch out for that, man. That was a recruiting move, I think, by Mark Cuban. Because you don't draft that guy with the last pick of the draft thinking he's going to be a, a player. It just doesn't make sense. You know, like, I mean, maybe you do, but I think you're you're thinking in your head, man, if this guy does become a player, now we got a real pitch to Giannis when he's a free agent. And Giannis might want out in a couple of years if this Boonholder thing doesn't work. So it's just something to look out for. It's something to think about. Uh, same, going back to the World Cup real quick, uh, any, any uh, quick thoughts? Yeah, I'm excited for this uh, round of 16. When that gets underway, but uh, I mean, I've just been very locked into this whole Messi Ronaldo thing. 
Uh, it was very great, great theater. Yeah, great theater. Uh, Messi showed up today. Yeah, man. You know he may have. He showed up immediately for that early goal. He uh, may have closed the gap. You know, Ronaldo kind of obviously choked, but you know missed the penalty in the last game that would have won them that game. Uh, whereas Messi came through, and I we can't give Messi the heat and Ronaldo the praise in, in one aspect and not do it. What is the reverse? Yeah. So, um, give give credit to Leo Messi in that regard. Uh, I'm just hoping that those guys see each other in the Elite Eight. That would be a matchup. Like, those guys play each other every year <laughs> in the El Clasico. So, it's not like we've never seen it before. But for their. In the World Cup stage. In the World Cup different. stage, when they don't have super teams around them, that will be like all time television. In sports television. So, that's what I'm looking out for. I had Portugal winning it going in. I still feel good about it. Not great. I wouldn't feel good about I, it. I don't feel great, but I still feel like they'll win it. It's, they're just too reliant on Ronaldo <laughs> doing everything. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. Ronaldo's a great player. He's a great player, but I mean, he's going to be... I, mean, I know he did it against Spain, but there are going to be other tough challenges coming up uh, very soon. Who they who do they play in the first? Who do they play in the round 16? Uruguay. You could lose, but I think they'll yeah. win. Yeah, that's not, that's not an easy game right there. It's the, game one is like a typical game. But that's, that's, see, when you get to this stage, every game is going to be tough, I know. RG, you got to go through France. I mean. Yeah, no. I know. That's why, that's why I don't think we'll see that matchup. Yeah. Sorry, God, you would think that they would give it to us. I don't. I don't I feel like they're like just being won. a tease right now. I feel surprised. Right. I'd be surprised if both of those teams won. Oh, yeah. I, I would. I, I don't think that Argentina can beat France. And fr- I, France has looked lousy. Uh, th- France coach... has been relying on Mbappe. It was like nineteen. Yeah, and, and when he doesn't do anything, their coach is like changing the entire lineup. I don't know what's going on with them. They they don't look great, but uh, and they always seem to have issues at this time of year. It's uh-huh. like ever since Zinedine headbutted that guy, they the team yeah. has not been the same. It's, in the been, World Cup. it's a new team every four years. Yeah, and, that, and there's just always a chaos. There's always chaos around them. Um, I I tell you what, the kid Lozano from Mexico is is dynamite. 22 years old. Barca is not look at this kid. Right. He hit the shot her around the world when they beat Germany in the first game. Mexico has been fun to watch. I'm curious to see uh, if they're able to advance and where they can go. Since we don't, they're the regional. They're the regional team. They're the local team for us in America. Yeah, man. We don't got a. We don't, we don't got a team. We don't got a team now. So uh, Mexico is the local team. So I'm watching them. Uh, I don't know how they manufacture goals, but Lozano has been very impressive, uh, and. Uh, I tell you what, I cannot wait. It's later in the week, but this uh, matchup at the end of uh, what is it? It's Group G with uh, G- uh, Belgium versus England. So we'll see who wins the group. England, Harry Kane uh, has He's been balling. dominant. Uh, what he did to Panama should have been illegal. Yeah, <laughs> he just terrorized them, and and he was he he was dominant in the first game. He's the only reason why they won. So seeing what he could do against that Belgium team, those are two of the best young teams in this tournament. I look at Belgium and England, and I feel like I could be watching what could be... One, both of these teams could win the World Cup this year, but I feel like I could be watching what could be next year's, like the next four years from now, World Cup final. Like yeah. I think These are the next teams, and their time may be now, and I think it's great that they were in the same group. They have a chance to win the group that they're in, and they're going to match up before. I can't wait to see that. So uh, I'm curious to see what those teams can do. Uh, I was disappointed to see Nigeria get knocked out, man. 
they had the dopest. Uh, they had so much swag when they came in with their suits and the kits yeah. are like fire. It's a shame that we didn't get that beyond uh, a round of uh, beyond the, the the pool play. Moving Japan, play. you can make it, man. Yeah, Japan's on the uh, they're on the bubble. Japan's on the bubble. They're in a really tough group. Everyone in that group is pretty much on the bubble. So, uh, but they're England when they had Rooney, were they were always my guys. I'm a Manchester United fan, but uh, Manchester United doesn't have too many guys on that team right now. So, is um, Sterling on the team? Well, I don't think he's on Man U. He's on Man U. Liverpool? No. Nah, yeah. I'm bugging now. Um, Pogba's on France. I'm not a huge Pogba guy. Uh, he seems like Balotelli 2.0 to me. But, and uh, we got Lukaku. I, I do like Lukaku. Yeah, Lukaku. Yeah, he's been great in this yeah, tournament also. So, uh, those have been my guys. But Japan and, and Portugal have been my uh my room, who do you think? Who do you, think you still think so? You still think Portugal's winning at all? Yeah, yeah. What? Well, Brazil's kind of disappointed me a little bit. Well, Brazil's been, yeah, they've been a nightmare. They disappointed me. I'm st- I'm kind of hoping they turn. I feel like Brazil well. is is like very happy that Argentina went through the hell that they went through. They're all South America because they kind of people are kind of yeah. In Brazil, they're going crazy. Yeah. I think the rest of the world have been distracted by what before today looked like yeah. Messi's. Downfall. Neymar, like, Neymar has been disappointing. You dealt with dealing with injuries. He's crying. Yeah, he's having issues. I, Brazil. This is Brazil, who I thought were a favorite in this. They do not look good right now. They do not. Um, I, I honestly, I really think that uh, Belgium has a great shot. Um, I don't not sleep. Do not sleep on Croatia. Luka Modric is playing at the top of his game. He's one of the best midfielders in the world. They look dominant. So I think they're a sneaky team to take, keep an eye on to win this whole thing. This is a great. I think this is a great World Cup. I think that there's a lot. Like, yeah, the, the, the powers, Germany. the powers don't look great. Germany is they look, struggle. They, I mean, they haven't guaranteed a spot in the next. That seems incredible. I never would imagine we got to gain three, and we don't know if Germany's yeah, gonna be around the bubble. We don't know if Germany. We don't know if Brazil. Today, we didn't know Argentina. There are, are all these teams who were on the bubble heading into today. Spain was heading in, and it was Spain. They were playing. Who were they playing? Morocco. No, yeah, not Morocco. Iran. Yeah, Morocco. Yeah, they played Morocco. So we knew they were going to advance, but before today, they didn't have a spot yet. So this has been a, a really wide open World Cup. It's going to make for some crazy matchups. You're going to end up seeing maybe teams that were powers playing in like the round of sixteen. Yeah. So this is this is going to be really. We already good. have Argentina, France. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean that's that could have that that, 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 that could have been a semifinal final match, and you know, and if the groups were different, and because of how those teams played, or how Argentina played, now we got them playing in the round sixteen, and they might not advance past that. So who's your winner? Uh, it's funny thing is I never really made a pick before, so now I got kind of sit right now. You never had in your head like who you think's gonna win? Uh, no, I didn't think of it. I never went that far. I was just excited to watch. If I had to pick a team right now, I would go Belgium. I think Belgium is the most complete team. Wow. Their backside, their, in terms of how they're playing right now. Now, I think I think in terms of, because uh, to me, Germany, a little older. They're complete, but they're a little older. And they don't have that goal scorer. That's that guy who I feel like, Thomas Mueller. This guy is going to get me a goal no matter what. Like, Lukaku looks like he's scoring on anyone. Right. And then when you have him and Eden Hazard and the rest of their squad, I think Belgium is extremely dangerous. 
And I think if I had to pick someone, I'd pick them right now. And it's crazy because this is like this has been the 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 making of in like of like ten years. Like they saw these young kids. Yeah, man. You can, you were talking much, about them like eight years. ago. Yes, pretty much eight or ten years ago, saying, "Yo, the kids that they got coming up, like if they develop." You kept telling me about Belgium. They could be a world power, and Belgium's been off the map for years. Many of these busts. But they've been on the off the map for years, and now those young kids. It's rare you have all those young kids pretty much all develop and become stars. Yeah. Usually, a couple of them guys don't work out, and that's why they fall man, apart. I've seen that with England. Man. <laughs> I've been an England fan. I'm like, you man, see we'll a bunch of guys. guys, and but that's not Jack the case. With, that's not all the case guys, with man. with Germany. I mean, excuse me, with Belgium, man. The all their guys hit, and now they're juggernaut. So I'm, I'll, sure I'll I'm go not that them. excited about England now. I'm like, half you guys are gonna flop. But uh, <laughs> on that note. Uh, I the, the top 100 list of the NFL EJ came out. Okay. Um, something I'm always interested in. Um, I thought this list was very interesting. Didn't watch the show this year because I get tired of watching it every year. I'm like they're saying the same stuff about the same player. The only guys I, the only guys, the only guys I like watching like their montages or their videos on are like that's r- rookies yeah. and stuff. So I'm like, oh wow, good to see these guys talk about their impact. So I watched the Leonard Fournette video. I watched Alvin Kamara. Uh, newer guy that I watched Adam Thielen. He's a Viking. He's a new guy. Uh, but and I watched Brady cut though and Ty. <laughs> people talk how great Tom Brady is. But this list, EJ, I thought was I won't say ridiculous, but there were some very weird choices. Now, to be fair, this was voted on by the players. He's talking about last season. So, for just talking about last season, I put it out there. One, Aaron Rodgers is number ten. Tom Brady's number one in case we were wondering. Top five is Brady. Antonio Brown, Carson Wentz, Julio Jones, Le'Veon Bell. Aaron Rodgers is number 10. If there's any list, Aaron Rodgers is not in the top five. Your list is wrong. And I'm not even an Aaron Rodgers fan. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. If Aaron Rodgers isn't in your top five, this list is wrong. If you're t- just talking about last year, then Rodgers shouldn't be on the list because he was hurt for most of last year. Mm-hmm. If you're saying that's why he didn't, he's not in the top 10. Yeah. If we're saying, look, he played some of the games, but... The list is the top... A 100 players of 2018. And That's look, how they listed. If, so not- if we're going off, if we're going off last year, look how bad the Packers were without Aaron Rodgers, right. and and have that be a baseline for, wow, this is the value that Aaron Rodgers gives. So maybe I should pay attention to how great Aaron Rodgers is. So that's my thing. There's no way you can have Carson Wentz ranked out of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I think the Eagles would trade. Carson Wentz for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, especially after ACL. But even before that, I think they would have done it. That's another thing, too, the about only, that. The only reason they wouldn't is, like, contract stuff. Well, that's the only thing the other thing that's kind of weird about that ranking is that, okay, you're you're you're, you're lowering Rodgers because of injuries. But Wentz is going off finish, an ACL. He didn't finish, he didn't finish the, the year. And, I mean, ACL... In football, these guys are coming back from better and better, but it's still an ACL. See, I think they're looking at it as, like, he had a better year. He wasn't hurt last year for most of the year. Like, he got hurt at the end of the year. So, like, the, he right. had a better season than Aaron Rodgers did, which is fair. But, again, like, Rodgers, I think, in theory, had a great season in the sense that the Packers were so terrible without him. I find it, was, it hard to believe any any NFL player really thinks that Wentz is better than better than. Rodgers. And that's not to say Wentz is a scrub. Wentz, no, Wentz is a superstar. I have no problem with Wentz being top 10, top 15. Yeah. I, maybe I wouldn't have him top 10, but I don't, I don't, I understand. He's MVP can, but number three is too high. I'm, I'm sorry. 
Not if you're putting him ahead of Aaron Rodgers. He's maybe the third best quarterback. I wouldn't take him ahead of Breeze either. But Aaron Donald, I think being seven is a little low. I mean, I'm a pit guy. So Did him be low? I thought that was fine. I mean, Aaron Donald, I think, is the best defensive player in football. So to have him not in the top five is a little tough for me. But uh, honestly, I'm not, paying, I'm not taking Carson Wentz over Russell Wilson. But again, I'm looking at guys that don't have their situations as made as Carson Wentz has. I'm not saying Carson Wentz is not a great player, but in today's NFL, when you have these quarterbacks that are on rookie deals, you can make teams that are more better equipped to win games. As we've, we've just we've seen it, um, the Patriots can get away with it because Brady's the number one player in the league. But very few teams can get away with paying a quarterback twenty something million dollars and still having help, which is why Seattle has struggled. Now they've had to pay Russell Wilson, but I think Russell Wilson still has kept Seattle afloat because he's a great player. I think Carson Wentz is the somewhat beneficiary of having a lot of great players around him. I can't rank him ahead of Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees. Other weird things for me. <laughs> I don't think Life is Gerald still a top 30 player. Well, he's, I thought I thought you were going to say I don't think Life is Gerald should be on the list. I'm thinking he's like 90. He's 27. Yeah, no, that's a lifetime achievement. That's a lifetime achievement award. He had a good year last year. He's a, a very good player even in his advanced age. But... I mean, I don't. I think there's only like two or three other receivers ahead of him. AJ Green, DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins, Julio, and Brown. I mean, come on now. Let's see the guys he's ahead of. He's ahead of Thielen. Not taking no. Thielen's better than him. Uh, Keenan Allen, Tyree Kill. Putting Tyree Kill ahead of yeah. ahead of Stephon Diggs, Odell. <laughs> putting Odell ahead of him. I don't care. Michael about Thomas. And Doug putting Ball. Michael Thomas ahead of him. Who's the other guy? And Doug Baldwin, ninety nine. Okay, I can. That's where it's like, like, all right, I can see. It. But like again, that's like ninety something. That's like, all right, they'll go ninety nine. Right. I mean, if he was in the top one hundred, I would be fine with it. I think I can't. I twenty seven seems crazy to me. I, but I, Fitzgerald's weird because Fitzgerald hasn't had a good quarterback. I mean, once I mean, not once Carson, David Carson, Carson Palmer. Palmer has been hurt and is as, as was hurt for his a lot of his career in Arizona. So it's not fair. But like when he has a quarterback, he's He's always been more effective. How do you feel about what's the name making the list? Uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G made it. I didn't he even see like it. He's like in the 90s, I think. Jimmy G. Well, I realized, because I, I, yeah, he's 90. I was It was weird for me when Kirk Cousins made it. I wasn't sure if he was going to make it. I was like, all right. I mean, the Vikings. So I'm like, cool. Kirk Cousins is on there. But then I realized Case Keenum is 51. And I'm like, maybe this quarterback thing is a little... Uh, He's a little slanted. I don't know because I don't think Case Keenum in any in any. He had a great season last year, but I don't think he's a top fifty guy or a top fifty one guy. Yeah, you know, I think Deshaun Watson might be like top fifty. Yeah, Watson's fifty. You know, like there are some weird things with the quarterback. So like, if Watson's fifty, then yeah, Garoppolo's definitely ninety. They have raised Ryan Shazier at forty seven. I mean, that's weird for me. I don't know what to say about Shazier. He was a very good player. Again, he's hurt, if obviously. the list is called top 100 players of 2018. Shazier may never play again, so I don't know I, how. I don't that, know how he makes the list. Yeah, I don't know. That might have been a respect thing. I'm not going to bash it, but I under, but I understand why that, that why that would be weird for you. Um, especially when the other guys, especially when you knock Aaron Rodgers for not playing. And Odell. Yeah. I mean, Odell. How Odell's not a top twenty player? That's yeah, Odell. Seventy seven. <laughs> yeah, that's how. I'm, I'm telling you, Kendall. I think that's a little bit of player hate. 
You don't like the, the they don't like the the public. I think kid. that they're jealous of this kid. And he's the only guy I think that was Yeah, yeah I saw him a kid. He's probably like around my age, but Yeah, he might be younger than you, so it may be fair. Okay. But um he seemed like the only product of that, because I think all the other guys they were respectful. They didn't, yeah, they didn't get hurt that much by oh, you didn't play that like, much. Like, if Brady hurt. wasn't number one, I feel like Brady. It would be like these guys who don't like Brady. Which Beckham was number sense. eight last year. Strange. And he felt almost seventy spots. I understand he didn't play, but for much of the year. But come on now, let's 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 be real. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald's a better player. I'm a pick guy. I was a Larry Fitzgerald fan since day one. But let's be real. now. Odell Beckham is a top four wide receiver. No questions asked. I mean, I love Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen's a Viking. I, would I trade Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs together for Odell Beckham? Sure. Yeah, I'd trade both of them for Odell. Odell, Odell. I was also a little surprised that Sean McCoy made the top 30. I thought Alvin Kamara at 20 was a little high. But, um... Kamara's a home runner. Kamara's though. 20, then McCoy... 1,100 yards, 4.0 yards carry. He did have almost 60 catches. Decent numbers. The impact isn't felt like it used to. Exactly. It it just isn't. I think for running back, if you're top 30, you got to give me like 1,500 yards. Or or, or you got to be like a home run hitting dynamo, like someone like Kamari is. McCoy has his value because he's durable and he can play 16, 16. Games he'll he's gonna end the year with a thousand yards, but I, I, I there was a clear decline to me from year two to from last year. I guess it was his second year in Buffalo to year three. It was his first year in Buffalo last year. No, it was, second. That was the second year. So year two to year three, there was an obvious decline, and it didn't seem like there it was reflected at all in the rankings. He might have actually jumped up. No, he he fell only three spots. I don't know how he only fought three spots after last year. I didn't think that he played terrible, but. I was surprised. I would have Cream Hunt ahead of him. Cream Hunt was thirty three. Um, any other takeaways for me? Uh, I, I to be honest, I I think the running backs were ranked high, higher than they should be. Like, I, a Cream Hunt wouldn't have been thirty three, and then Mark Ingram was what forty three. Uh, these guys would be much lower. I, I Mark Ingram was a little high. He had a good year. I can't have. I mean, look. Kamara and Ingram had a great had great years last year, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they're both top fifty players in the league, especially because of what that position means now. I just don't I just don't know if like that, I don't know if a running back. I mean, be, players aren't taking that into like, account. Like like Gurley, I could understand being high. He, I mean, he, I was surprised he was this high, but six the guys that stud, I could get that. And Le'Veon Bell, I mean, those guys are like freak transcendent type guys. transcendent players. But after that, like it's hard. For me to pick a running back that's going to be in the top fifty, I'm ranking just the best players. Like I can't take Camaro over Cam Newton. No, I can't. I either. just can't. You know, I mean, good player, but I don't know. I, I mean, I thought this list. I don't think I could take Camaro with Matt Ryan. No, it's just position. Like, but maybe that's not fair. That's maybe like saying, not. I, and maybe that's why these players are looking at players. Like, look, this isn't a quarterback. He's looking about the best yeah, football player. I mean, that's that's like saying I can't take. You know, Andre Drummond over Kyle Lowry. It's like, but is Andre Drummond better? I mean, maybe. Yeah. You know. Then what do you got for Kendall's Court before we get out of here? Kendall's Court, EJ. Um, I'm, I mean, we just had this week's draft. 
you know, the 2018 draft is under is over with now. Uh, summer league's coming up, so that'll be fun. But as a college basketball fan, as a NBA draft head like me, um, I've already started work on the uh, 2019 NBA draft. Obviously, wow. I'm also a Celtic fan, so Celtics my four first yeah, round picks. Yeah, now the real draft begins for you. Yeah, um, yeah, it was weird not having a not having a top five pick, man. It was I was getting a withdrawal. Mm. You know, I was yeah, talking about yeah, we're, trading yeah, we're, up. We're also sorry for you, Kendall. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a tough summer league without Tatum. But uh, next year's draft, EJ, uh, very interesting because it looks awful. I'll be fair. I'm gonna be honest. You know, as a Celtics fan, it's not not fun. You know, I'm sure when we by this time next year we'll be hyping it up like we do every year. But I'll be the one to tell you that. Uh, watch the tape on a lot of these guys. I, the high school stuff I throw out. I don't know what to make of it. But when I look at like. All-star games that these guys played in, FIBA USA games. You can see, like, or not just USA, but FIBA games or the international prospects. You get an idea of what the where these guys are as prospects. And R.J. Barrett, I think he had a chance to be very good, uh, which is disappointing because the, the Sacramento Kings pick that the Celtics have is number one protected. So I think, I think he'll be the number one pick. But, man, outside of R.J. Barrett, I also like Cam Reddish from Duke, or both those guys are going to Duke. There's not a whole lot, man. I mean, hey, don't don't sleep on my guy Rui Hachimura. Rui's interesting. Rui, if it's the Rui that we saw last year, none to see. But I think that Rui's <laughs> got. I thought Rui had a good year last if year. Rui had a, a an amazing jump, which I think is possible, considering comes from Japan, language barrier, Gonzaga's development, player development. If he's like a player of the year candidate next year, which is possible, that's a totally different domino. That might be in this draft. And I think there's somebody will be like that. There will be somebody that develops in college basketball that we're not looking at. Kellen Grady might be the guy from Davidson. But Zion Williamson, I don't know what to make of him. He's a six six center. He can't <laughs> do anything but dunk. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's Charles Barkley, maybe he's Julius Randle, maybe he's not an NBA player. I don't know. Maybe he's Clarence Weatherspoon. Yeah, exactly. You know, but um some of these other guys, man, you know, like, the the French kid that people were talking about, watch the tape. I'm like, man, I wouldn't draft this guy in the top 20 of this year's draft. Wow. <laughs> like, I just don't see you're the You're not a fan of Sekou? Nah, Sekou, I mean, he looks like an average prospect. Like, he can do, like, the basic things of, like, a wing, like, shoot, can dribble, can dunk, athletic. But, like, I mean, we're spoiled by watching Luka Doncic. That's why I don't get, like, we're talking about this guy who's, like, barely playing the French League. And Doncic was the MVP of the EuroLeague, Some people have questions. Some questions people have questions whether or not this guy will play in the NBA. I'm like, yo, this guy was the MVP <laughs> at 18, 19 of the EuroLeague and the Spanish ACB. And this guy is, like, barely an NBA, barely a, a player out there. Just doing basic stuff, and we're like, this guy's a top three pick, guarantee. I'm like, this guy, all he, cause he can dribble? That's why we're putting the guy in the top three. So it's going to be a rough year next year. I'm going to be honest. You know. Okay, well. Definitely, like, watch Duke. That's the only team you'll, you'll have to watch if you want to watch NBA draft stuff. Like, because they'll have three of the top five guys. I, I don't hate Zion. I just don't know what to think of him until I see him play against real guys that don't look like they're eighth graders. And the other two Duke guys, I think, will be very good. I think those guys I'm excited about as NBA players. Um, and the other two names I'll throw out there are Quentin Grimes and Romeo Langford. Everyone else, and Bol Bol is a guy, another guy. Bol Bol, yeah. I don't know about Bol Bol either. He just, he's too stiff, I think, for me to, he's got game, like, he's fake Mo Bol Bol, Bol Bol should not 
enter the draft next year. He's fake Mo Bamba. Like everything, like we're gonna be hyping up Bo Bo this time next year. We're gonna be like he's a he's a point center with handles, but he's like seven four and he can shoot. But like I don't I don't know if he can bang with NBA big men. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's gonna have the toughness. It, it would be fun to watch in Oregon. Um, but I. Like every like and watch Mo Bamba's gonna be great next year and we're gonna be saying this guy's the next Mo Bamba. <laughs> every teams are gonna be fooled. But I think this draft got hurt also by really no besides really Rui Hachimura. I feel like there were like no players of value that were that could have left that stayed. That were looked at and say, yo, like next year this guy's gonna mess up college basketball. Like no yeah. I, there's no one. The all the, and bad guys talked about it. I mean Docs was close to coming yeah. back. Sexton was t- close coming back. Wendell Carter. We saw Dante DiVincenzo. DiVincenzo thought about it. Defense. I mean, Anthony Simons, I think, could have been a top five pick. Yeah. This team, this draft has no guards. Like, yeah. literally, I don't think any guards will be drafted in the top ten. <laughs> I watch crazy. these guys, and these, all these guys are whack. You know, <laughs> Kellen Grady might be the only guy, and he, th- he'll he have to average, like, 28 at Davidson next year to be. Kellen Grady's nice. He can play, but he kind of reminds me of C.J. McCollum. Yeah. Now, I ain't drafting him in the top five, but he might have to if there are no other guards. But, like... Anthony Simon would have been a top five guy, he but he got a first round pick. Don't sleep on my man. Don't sleep on man Shamari Pons. Yo, Pons might be the first guard taken. New York, man. Pons like lights it up. Don't sleep on him. That's why he came back. I think he saw he was like I'm nicer than all these guys that that are coming out. Like I know I'm not going to be drafted at Trey Young, but I can be drafted over Kellen Grady. Shamari Pons, I think, is going to have a monster year next year at St. John's, and if he does. If he becomes the next Trey Young, that that guard everyone's talking about. Another guy, Ty's battle at, at Syracuse. Okay, I was high on him coming out this year. He decided to come back, which I think was the right decision. You know, I think that uh, he's got the game that like he might average like twenty something next year and be like one of the best players in the country. And then we're talking about him in the lottery. But like in terms of NBA, again, I'm just I don't care where these guys get drafted. It's will these guys play in the NBA? And I think it's only R.J. Barrett and Gam Reddish. Oh. And then there will be somebody that we're not talking about now. That's a great place to wrap it, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed the NBA Draft okay, Recap Show. Be sure to check out all of our shows on the New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out oh, as well on Stitcher. Also, follow us on uh, at the YouTube channel, New Generation Media. Make sure you subscribe and like our videos. We're a little slow in the videos recently, but there'll be some more content going up soon. So keep your eyes out on there. Also, follow us on Facebook, New Generation Pod, New Generation Media. Follow us on Twitter, at New Generation Pod. Follow me on Twitter at EJ underscore Stewart and on Instagram at Action EJ. That does it for now. We'll be back next week with more sports talk. Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.